0: Hey all you cool cats and kittens, I'm seeing Austin here, Friday night, fright fame, and this week I'm doing something a bit different, I'm still working on my I- it's Halloween, it's not going great, um, I'm trying to recap Halloween 3, but despite the fact that it's really good, I watched it, like the second half, I did in half, watched the second half, I was about to recap it and then I completely forgot everything that happened, which is a bit shit. So while I try and sort out that problem, here's IOT Dates Halloween 1 and 2 from last year. Enjoy them, and hopefully, IOTS Halloween 3 will be out on Saturday. If not Saturday, then Monday. So, you know, enjoy this for now and I'll see you after the end. Hello, and this is the first ever IOTIX Halloween. This is Ian Austin, and if you didn't watch a kickoff show, then you missed out a lot, but that's okay because this is the actual proper, truly main special main event. First ever IOTS Halloween with a live recap, live-ish recap of the original Halloween. And here we go. Play feature. So if you're trying one watch along live, if you press play now, if you press play now, go for it. I've won, I have my instant coffee, I have my black on squash, I have my cookies, and I'm ready to go. Compassing National Pictures release, Halloween, let's kick it, y'all. Ms. stuff Rackard presents. Oh, I'm so pumped, I haven't watched this in ages. That music, the pumpkin, oh the flashing pumpkin, and Donald Pleasant's in Dun 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 John Carpenters halloween it should say john carpenter slash deborah Hughes halloween considering she wrote all the female dialogue but that's okay deborah He production there you go i'm so happy guys this is going to be amazing this is a dream come true a literal dream come true for me because i have wanted to do something like this for so long and i find got nerve duke podcast and now i'm doing this yay Joel Cyphers. I sorry I was inputting name for the file on my record thing. Kyle Richards Brian Andrews. Don't know who those people are. Okay. Screenplay by the master John Carpenter. So I, I always say it's about wrestling. Like i stars from the 80s, come back today. If they first came around today, they'd be huge instantly. John Carpenter came out around today, they would throw the keys to the Marvel Universe at him. He is the fucking best music by john carpenter and the pumpkin the happy pumpkin and cool lusby what an awesome name from associate producer cool lusby with a k no less oh. and tom wallace who i believe tommy from friday fame was named after i think i'm not sure if that's true but i think so and if you think so that's truth enough Oh man, I'm so pumped. This is one of my favorite horror movies, but I haven't seen it in ages. So, Haddonfield, Illinois. Fuck yeah. Shermer Oaks can go, fuck it safe. Howie Knight, 1963. 55 years ago, almost. As of Tuesday? No, Wednesday. 55 years ago, as of Wednesday. That classic opening shot. I definitely. Wonder why was why was the kid outside the house staff with? I mean, it's a real awesome shot. Don't get me wrong, but he's walking up to the house and he's looking through the windows. Why is he outside the staff with? It, I I never figured. I never knew why. But we get that awesome shot for the pumpkin. That's what corrupted young Michael Myers. Instantly, I'm assuming that's what scenes movie for. So we get some petting on the sofa. Some teenage petting. That guy does not look like a teenager. But he does look like an arsehole. He's fucking about for a clown mask. But she seems into it. So that's okay. Consent's important. It always was, but it's especially important in this day and age. Like, don't be an arsehole, guys. If she says no, she says no. That classic opening shot. Ah, oh, John Carpenter in his prime. So light goes off outside, and we're inside, and we're outside. So the kid... I know it's meant to be a twist. I assume, like so, I assume you've all seen this movie before. So outside house, he's trying to find a way inside. I say try and find a way. He lives there, he should know. And back door is open. This kid's very prepared. He left back door open and no notice. That classic twinkly music. Oh lights come on. Must be a very short light switch if he could get to it. And oh, looking for a weapon of some kind. Um, a knife. The Mike Myers knife. He's creeping. He's creeping past the two candles. It, two candles. Before they, when they change timeline, it's one candle. By the way, you know. one candle had them filled in the house. So he sees a rocking chair. Who has a rocking chair in this day and age? In sixties, maybe. But even then, it wasn't a huge thing, was it? So this is a really weird looking house. I mean, they're going for a suburban niceness, but it's very strange. Oh man, that was some quick sets. The guy's already come downstairs. The 25-year-old, he's leaving. So like, I'm done. I'm good. But kid, it took him like nine seconds getting the house at most. That's being generous. I, I'd be disappointed if I was the woman upstairs. and creeping upstairs. I love how this doesn't, see, not a lot in theory happens in this opening scene, but it's the tension and the dragging out that really works. Because it's, it's very clever. It's something a director comes out with. It's like, I remember a story David Cronenberg told writer of Spiders, writer of Spiders, sort of like this very short script, and Cronenberg said, well, we'll make it long. Like a good director can make stuff, drag stuff out a bit, but still make it work. Because what's written isn't necessarily exactly how it comes across on screen anyway. And the woman sat naked, brushing her hair. And, oh, not naked, she's wearing some panties. And she's just had sex, and she's brushing her hair, and she looks kind of calm at ease. Oh, no, she's seen Michael. No! I should put subtitles on. And stab, 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 stab. Oh, that's nasty. What nasty little boy Michael is nasty little piece of work Michael by the way I'm watching DVD version and it's not let me change the subtitles hmm. so if you're watching some shadow if you're lucky enough live in America you probably have the option of subtitles I bought a DVD version which doesn't have any subtitles apparently and Michael's watching parents come up to house and he's holding a knife and he looks very confused. He was wearing clown outfit. And they don't seem very concerned that his knife is dripping blood. Oh, it's starting to sink in. Whoa, whoa. Not very good parents. And also, I don't know if you've ever seen parents again. As far as I know, this is it. They're here once and that's they're done after that. They don't seem very concerned that Mike Myers has stood outside. Little Mike Myers stood outside with a knife dripping blood. Oh, Smith's Grove, Illinois. 19, I assume it's saying 1977. Oh, 1978. October 30th, 1978, to be precise. That's almost 40 years ago exactly. We see a car driving down the road. The headlights blaring, lightning storms. Junker, I mean, it's is very much like fog. John Carpenter's really good atmosphere. And it's Pleasance. It's Donald Pleasance as Loomis, one of my favourite horror performances ever. He's talking to the nurse. Doesn't look happy. Loomis is never happy. He's driving up to the Institute in Illinois State Hospital where Mike Myers is being kept. It's rainy as shit. And she's trying while smoking. It's not very good. But I always got the impression, I'd love to have seen prequel about Loomis as a kid, because I imagine he was a proper, proper bastard. I mean, some of the stories I've heard about Donald Pleasance, he's a proper, proper bastard, you know? But it's that voice. It's one thing that Hollywood kind of, it's kind of stereotypical. They assume that all English people sound smart. And that's a lie, because we're not all smart. But Donald Pleasance sounds like fucking legend it's an awesome voice will carry you quite far in life i must say sounds slight like daffy duck or donald duck but i've made it work for me so you know, in theory you might disagree no miss it's great because you really need a heavyweight actor to pull the role off but at the same time, he doesn't really have character He's just literally turned people Mike Myers' fucking devil. And that's it. Which is wonderful, but also amusing. You don't want none of this shit. He's not flirting with her. And they find on the side of the road a bunch of escape patients from the State Hospital. Oh, shit. Loomis looks fucking pissed. Scared shitless, that awesome lightning effect. He, he knows what's happening. He knows what sort of movies they knows. known. Oh, and gates are open. Holy shit. It's the night Mike Mars came home, y'all. Pleasance Loomis even looks really furious. He runs to check gates. To check shit out. Oh, an escape patients on roof. No! And nurse just unsews it. Like, why would you unsay that? I'd be terrified. Oh, no. Mike Myers has got her. And she's trying to drive. No. Miss is trying to make cool, call. And she's driving, driving. No, no. Mike Myers wants that pretty hair of hair. And she's driving, driving. Oh, no. He's... Oh, no. No, no. He's, he's disappeared. Because he is the shape. Oh, no. The hand... Oh, he smashed the glass. Holy shit. She's running for her life and Mike My- Myers jumps in the car and there he goes. Oh, Myers. And Loomis gives chase. We can't get very far because he's very, very, very out of shape. <laughs> Loomis is freaking out, guys. Jesus. He's proper pissed. Haddonfield Halloween I love that transition it's so cool Carpenter's the man I can't give him enough props he's probably probably in terms of like a run he had of the this late 70s or even early 70s to late 80s his run is beyond compare he was the man, and as far as I'm concerned, he can coast on that shit. You make movies good as Halloween, you can coast. He had a track record that was insane, and he's just the best. Uh, he's one few people. I love to go after him, shake his hand, and just say thank you, because I, I just love the guy. He's amazing. And his story's about how he just smokes weed now and plays video games. I, I love that. He's, he's, just, he's an inspiration to so many people. He made this money, and now he can live off royalties. And here's Laurie Strode. And can we just guys point out that Jamie Lee Curtis is a is an international treasure, seriously good actress. This Trading Places, that Freaky Friday move she did with um, oh Lindsay Lohan. She's a wonderful actress, like really. official Wonder, she's really good. And uh, I'll get into. Uh, obviously you've seen the new In view I've done, but she's beyond brilliant in that. Such a good actress. And nice scene that she's getting career resurgence, because she retired on her own terms and that's great, but I love that you can come in Hollywood. it's for a few businesses, you can unretire, and people aren't arseholes to you. In wrestling, fans are smug dickheads. When you retire and come back, they treat you, they treat people like a piece of shit. It's like, if you're able to do it, who cares? Like, it's not a big deal. People, actual life, retire and then still work. You know, what's the issue? It's stupid. And now this kid's Billy, I think. And Laurie Strode is walking to an old house. Because she's fearless. And her dad's real estate agent, which is really cool. I like that, so it adds a bit of context to it. Oh, shit, Mike Myers is there. It's the old Myers place. It's a barn. Little Billy says it's a haunted house because little Billy's a moron. This isn't it, you little bra. This is Halloween. There's the clowns in this uh, metaphorical. I love the scenes now where Shape is just stalking her. And love the implication in this movie. There's no reason for it at all. And it's just so. It's I won't say realistic, but it's grounding reality. Like the idea that someone be following you for no reason. It does happen in real life. And Loomis is just gone to the cops, and they're telling him that he's an idiot, and that they're not going to listen to him. You always listen to a posh British guy like Loomis, dudes. It's literally named after a character from Psycho. Why would you not listen to this man? It's a very British man. Well clearly they're not listening to him because he's rambling like a psycho psychopath, but I mean he's not wrong. Also, where did you get a car from? They stole your Mike my, Myers stole your car and got town and you've not only got a car you've parked in the handicap section. I never noticed that before. Loomis, you asshole, you absolute asshole. What is your handicap? You were running two seconds ago. Jeez, one arsehole. Um, this, actually, I love this shot. It's um, scene, even, because it's um, homaging. It follows. And I love when you make a really good horror movie, and then four, almost four decades later, make another really good horror movie, and you can sort of, like, homage a shot, but it works in confines of your movie. Don't homage for the sake of it. It has to fit into your actual movie. Just show really not we never really see a good glimpse of Mike Myers at this point. It's only far away. And Laurie would just disregard it because like, it's just weird. She looks back, he's still there. Bumming's I mean, Halloween, so. And what Laurie's saying here about fate as um, a natural element is tied to the movie, it's, it's theme. And sometimes in movies it really annoys me when they conveniently do a class related to what's going on in the movie because that's not how life works. But then again, I'm thinking, the reason they do it is because if they just had an unrelated class, what would scene have to do with anything? You know, you've got to tie in the theme somehow. I love the shot of the fences here because I remember when I was at school, we got chicken wire fences like that. And it's so strange because it makes it feel like a prison. Like, we played football in tennis court with chicken wire fences on concrete. And it feels like you're in prison. It's such a weird thing. I mean, school wasn't great, but... here you get some very 1970s bullies. They're just like the ones from Star Trek and bully Spock. And they're worst bullies ever. It's like, oh, look at you, look at you, you got hair. It's like, you are ludicrously shite bullies. And you broke Billy's pumpkin, you douchebags. I remember first watching this, I thinking, Billy going to team up, Mike, oh shit! And then Mike Myers stops one of the kids and gives him a look and the kid runs off. And, I, oh man, the one-shots in this are great because they feel, um, they're so way done. They don't feel like proper show-off shots. It's just, you know, showing you that Mike Myers is stalking these kids and people for no reason, seemingly. But also how clever it is, just like the shot, in foreground, you've got, you have Mike Sengo. You don't have him more. And in background, you have the kid. And you can see Mike Miles has still got the Illinois State Hospital car. Wouldn't they be looking for that car? Now you get him driving while following kid. And a lot of people could call this filler, but I call it re up tension. This first act doesn't, in theory, you can say Loomis is first captain, but doesn't have a lot of plot. It's just Loomis trying to let people know about Michael, and Michael following people around. He seems to a degree be picking on victimised. They don't really go too much into that. So I'm having cookie. That's so good. And this kid's actually really good because he's being asked to walk for a long period of time. And this is a long scene. That's very specific cues to hit. Loomis making calls to Handanfield and they're ignoring him again. We can't blame them really. Loomis is... The joy of this is Loomis acts like this is supernatural and no one else in the movie does. Like, to them, it's like someone escaped with big deal. Nowadays, like, we have a few instances like this recently. Someone escaped from Star Cat Hospital. Shit gets real serious really fast. They call everyone out and get him. Loomis has found the original car. And his train goes by and back. Home. No, he's found a garage. He's found a garage car with Mike stolen some clothes. And He knows this guy's dead. Oh, Loomis finds rabbit in red lounge thing. You go, friend. Oh shit! there's a body nearby. Oh, his cookie's amazing, guys. So, uh... They're walking down the hallway. Again, for one-shots, they're great for establishing the scene. You also have to give the these props, because they're hitting the cues quickly and cleanly and got ticks on sale for the hand foot dance which won't come in play there's a nice big background and of course this is playing the trope of the final horror game you got the uh, I I, I hate saying this because obviously back then it's considered if you smoked and wore green you were losing easy now, at least it's not really true, because lots of people vape. And I don't think many people who vape are that easy. I like the colour scheme, though. It's sort of got pale colours, orange and green. So, it's like progression from, like, vape. I, I suppose, in terms of this context, Chase... Mike my stew following them round. I love how Laurie gets sense of this of who he is. It's like music is meant symbolise to warning her head of him. Very cool trope. It's very creepy. Cause this could just at the moment there's nothing supernatural, this just be enough horror movie. Shit, the car stopped because one of the teenagers out. And Laurie's with me to quip. I love that Moody never answers how Mike Myers can drive a car by. way. It's just, he, he just does. He's just a force of nature, I guess. And Laurie takes Annie off and says she'll get them in trouble. They hate Mike because they have no sense of humor. Hey, he created Austin Powers... And he was the main character of Shrek. You show off Mike Myers' a bit of respect. He's also really good in Glorious Bastards. He has a sense of humour when he's made movies. Outside of them, as we found out with that weird script that he sold and then refused to make and got sued over. He's got issues, but... God, I love this music. and love this setting it's so so unmanufactured which is strange because they did manufacture fair bits they did shoot Halloween they shot in different time years they had to paint the the leaves brown or something and spread them out it's great it really is such a it's a great location shot movie because it feels like a real place And also, love differences. Laurie's got loads of boots, and he's got a couple, and I can't remember the other character's name. I'll call Betty Sue, who's got no boots. It's kind of a nice visual thing. And there's Mike Myers just chilling out again, wearing mask. And then he goes behind some hedges and disappears. He's in the bush. And Annie runs up to give Mike peace of her mind. Laurie looks very really terrified. And Mike's gone. See, so you can't frame that as being entirely supernatural because there's places that he could have gone. And Annie's pretending Mike's still there. And Laurie, when she's told that Mike wants to take her out tonight, she moves quickly. Like, what, do you want a date night? Creepy mask? Fair enough. He's not there, but she can still hear music. Oh, Laurie's a spinster. God, this is such a good movie. And it's great because we're resetting really up that big Laurie Michael fight. You know, you got to slowly beat that up. That's like main of this movie. Michael's got to go through some of these other guys of characters, because you can't, cha- you can't challenge champs straight away, you know, you got to work up to that, you got to cut some promos, you got to get in zone, and Laurie's looking around to see where Mike is, you know, he's chicken, because Mike's a chicken shit hill, oh, and she runs into, Officer Man, Officer Bracken, who's trying to keep law and order, and he's sort of like, no, 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 my daughter is one of your friends, Laurie. You'll show me some respect, and I'll try not to stare at your ass. And he walks off. He's just randomly patrolling. I have to assume that, because they don't give the impression he's looking for Michael, but I guess Laurie lives next door to Annie Bracken. So, you know. Oh, Laurie walks up to her house, and she sees... Ooh, she doesn't see anything. Actually, no, she sees a car and thinks it looks similar to a car from before, but, no, you know, she can't quite places Oh, no, she doesn't. She sees oh, a bunch of trick-or-treaters. Oh, they look ador- those adorable trick-or-treaters. I hate Halloween by the way. Well, I used to. I don't hate it more. Like, not movie franchise, the holiday. I don't like begging. Like... And I've liked it when I was younger, and I certainly don't like it now. And I have a job and a fucking podcast. I'm like, it's, it's beneath me. I also don't like people who leave their goddamn windows out while they're home all day. What if someone broke in, Laurie? What if someone broke in? What would James Ensor think? And she looks outside, and Mike Myers is hanging around with the washing, and then he's gone. Wow. Okay. And Laurie's freaked out. You know, she's thinking, my God, they might make 10 sequels. They might ask me to come back to this franchise in four decades. And her phone rings. And James then saw on the wall, looks very unproving, disproving. His eyes follow you wherever you go. I'm looking right, he's there. I'm looking left, he's there. Laurie's phone rings and she answers. And there's no one on the other end. It's Mike Myers. He, he's outside on the on a one of those um, phone box things she answers again and Annie it's Annie and she's like why'd you hang up on me it's like because she didn't say anything Annie you just breathed heavily <laughs> like maybe if you said something she wouldn't have hung up on you nope Laurie thinks she's losing it You know why wouldn't she think she's losing it? God, I love this movie. Laurie goes to lie down on bed. In this tense, racking corner next to oh, an inflatable heart. Oh, I think Laurie's got a suitor. Will we meet him in this movie? If we do, he's probably going to die. Woman exit her. Exit her. A woman exit her. Laurie exits her house carrying pumpkin, I guess it's one replace one bead lost earlier, as John Carpenter and Deborah here sat in trees throwing leaves down at her, she almost falls over but it's okay, twinkly music plays as she's going for a bit of a walk, I love how not much has happened in the movie but they're really setting scene and tension, Laurie sits on a wall and just chews out, she's happy again, really happy, looking at all kids across the street who are going trickle-treating. Now she's not so happy. She's slightly concerned. Or maybe she's, um, bruising. she's more kids going trickle-treating. She's not happy. And the car comes... Oh, no, no, it's not the same car. It's one for friends' car. It's either Betty or Annie Sue. It shouldn't be Annie, given Annie lives, like, two minutes away. But as we saw in, um shit what's that rubbish blank check you know you can live round block from, you can live down road from your dad and you'll sue drive the fucking car so it's Annie Bracken's car and Annie passes joint Laurier joint oh no and who are these assholes oh it's Loomis and a random man in a graveyard Loomis is like, oh, I want to engrave. And the man's like, this is highly inappropriate. But Loomis is like, I need to, I need to. I need... No, he's dead. And they're like, Michael's not dead. And Loomis is like, no, no, the rest of his fucking family. This must be why a um, uh, lot the uh, Myers aren't in the rest of the movies, because they're dead. They're dead, Ian. they're dead. They've always been dead. It's a convenient way to get out of include them in any potential sequels. Oh, the man gives us exposition, or gives Loomis exposition. You moron, Loomis is a s- esteemed therapist, or psychiatrist, or therapist, or I don't know, psychotherapist, or whatever. I think he knows the bat story. Oh no, the the graves—they're gone. Someone's dug the bodies up. My God, it's worse than Loomis could have ever imagined. It's so bad, so bad, I have to turn my heating on, I'll be back in a second. That monster Mike, the gravedigger's like, whoa, we have a long neck of hill out in here, Lattiniera, Mr. Loomis. But Loomis knows the truth, Michael Myers dug it up, and he murdered a dog too, and he ate a dog. He ate a dog. He fucking ate a dog, yo. Not hot dog, just a dog. Oh shit, Mike Myers on their, it's on their trail. It's time for a car chase. But they've been smoking weed. How can you, oh, how can you drive and smoke weed? Oh my god, these two, oh man, and Mike Myers learned driving in a day. In a day he learned drive. These two are in trouble. This is going out rival with the car chase from Bullet. I know it. Laurie doesn't like. Oh man, she's she's getting she's getting the weed vapors. Oh she's oh she's struggling. Oh, no. No, they found her sheriff father. No, f- dump the weed. Dump the weed, Laurie. And Michael stops. He wants nothing to do with cops. You know, he's got to build up to that. And they find Annie's father on the sidewalk and a bunch of assholes, and just staring at a hardware store. And her dad walks over and... Alarm blares. What happened? Someone broke into a hardware store and stole some shit. Oh no, I don't think it could have been Michael. I think my star knife. I don't know why they'd have knife in a hardware store, but it's my hunch. No, probably star shovel. But wait, is the implication that Mike Myers stole a shovel to dig up grave? Because that alarm's been going off for ages and no one's turned it off. And also, he's dug up grave. And Loomis got to the grave. And Loomis came back here. Before Michael. Well I don't know if that timeline makes sense. And where Loomis finds the sheriff. And having chat. And sheriff says I'll, I'll be back in 10 minutes you crazy old bastard. I know what he did in that sidecast hospital. So. Oh shit and Mike Myers drives past Loomis. And Loomis doesn't see him? Loomis, you asshole, you could stop this there and then. So Annie and Laurie are driving back home. They're really doing a great job setting these storylines up. I feel like Laurie's personal growth storyline and Mike Myers, when they finally meet in main event, oh man, this this is pure hype. This is this is this is how you just show long storyline. It really, oh, moving along storyline. You know, I really want these two fight, but they don't want to let it happen just yet. Go happen at just the right moment. And getting all these little mini storylines like Annie not wanting to show her dad the weed, her father investigating random shit, Michael's course, Michael creating distractions, Loomis versus Michael, Michael digging up some bodies and doing stuff with them. Wow, I mean, like, this, oh, this is perfection. Although I think Laurie and um, Annie, I think these two, their chemistry is not quite what should be, I have to say. Anyway, Michael's pursuing them in car. Michael is, of course, a master at driving now. He's learning the day. What is he learning the day? He's pursuing them, and they're not realising he's pursuing them, despite Laurie's radar sense or spice fence going off critically earlier. And he follows them home and he stops just shy I don't know what it says about Hanfield that Michael blends in so easily to the place I mean he's not exactly inconspicuous is he Laurie goes into the house and Annie keeps driving and Michael drives near her oh shit Annie no Annie, are you okay? I don't think she's okay, guys, but we'll check in that later on. And no, Michael isn't driving after. He stopped outside Laurie's house and turned the lights off and out car he gets. Now I love Michael's gimmick by the way. Jumpsuit and mask. That's it. That's very clever. He blends in for he blends in for these people, but at the same time he really doesn't because he's a six foot six man going fucking trickle treating. And what's he make me dressed as? He's wearing a Sh- William Shatner mask and a jumpsuit. It's a great look. But it doesn't really scream main eventer, does it? I mean, it later would. But he has to work up to that. Because he has to show us. that you know, He's worth of being main event. Because right now, we haven't. Except when he's a kid, he hasn't done shit. Have you got... And it's been 15 years. So he ain't done shit in 15 years. Michael! You want to be a top guy, you have to do something. You can't just follow people around all day. I mean, Laurie's the champ. You know, you want to take the title. you got to beat Big Dog. You know what I'm saying? Loomis um, and the can go to the Myers residence or old Myers residence. Because they think Mike Myers might be turning out inside. I don't know why you think that, but okay. They're investigating. They climb upstairs slowly. Slowly. No no they don't, they decide not to. You got some shit to do downstairs. It's a point and click game. Can't go upstairs Do you go you explore downstairs properly. They find, um, I, I guess, maybe a dog. And Loomis, too, Bracken, Officer Bracken. This is no man. It's no man. This is no moon. It's a Death Star or Slasher icon in this case. They're up the stairs and Loomis is looming. Loomis likes to loom. I've noticed that. I bet you also likes fruit of loom. They walk towards one of the bedrooms and... I love this shit. I love cop dramas and stuff and it's all boarded up and there's nothing there. No, there's a window. So that means when Laurie's there, Michael was also there. And Billy. Oh, wow. So literally first people he saw he bonded to. Oh, shit. The glass is smashed. Loomis has a gun. And he has a permit. Wouldn't you be worried like the doctor with a gun has his permit out at all times? Because if he shoots someone, it's still murder. Like, if you have a permit and you shoot someone, it's still going to be investigated. You won't be arrested for having a gun, but you'll probably be arrested for shooting and killing someone. So Oh here we get this amazing monologue. I'm just gonna listen that's all right. Love that monologue. Loomis decides to wait in the Myers house for Michael, and that monologue's great, by the way. It's really, really simple, but really, really effective at the same time. At point out that they're not dealing with something that conventional police can deal with. Loomis doesn't even think he can deal with it. He tried to contain it, but he couldn't, and now the only option is to kill it. Laurie's teaching Billy how to read by reading. I don't know. Billy's the little brat. I mean, he's good acting performance. He's a, he's a cool kid. So he, he wants to be read comic books. Oh, read him the yeah, episode. Read him the yeah, issue of Captain Marvel where she's impregnated by her own son. That's a great one. Or, or how about. When the fucking Scarlet Witch marries Vision, robot marrying witch. Or, 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 or how about one where Ant Man beats his wife? That's a classic one, Laurie. Read the kid that comic. Ooh, love that. You guys don't know strange comic book gets. Oh, Ming announcement. At some point next year, I'm going to be doing a comic book podcast. So, yeah. there you go. The dog's barking at Michael Anyway. Or maybe my announcement now I'm going to be doing a podcast next year. He's sort of like, you know, don't do that shit. Um, So Laurie's on the phone with Annie and Annie's turned Dog shut the fuck up and Dog's not. And there's a kid, in, a little kid in the back who Annie's babysitting who's watching horror movies. And Dog's losing shit and Annie's getting really pissed off. Annie, he's listening to that dog. He's wise, wise beyond his years. Oh, apparently Laurie's going to homecoming dance. See, I paid off from earlier. But who's going to take her? Oh, wow. Some Mr. Tra- no, not Mr. Train, the student named Train, apparently. Laurie said, Annie said to him, Oh, Laurie wants to ban you, finger ban you. And Train was like, Yay. Billy looks out window and he sees, Oh, that's an awesome shot. Michael Myers hanging outside our house lit in darkness, or in shadow, I suppose you can say, just looming there. That's some creepy-ass shit. Billy tries to get Laurie to look at window, but Laurie suddenly for- forgot, got amnesia, remember, doesn't remember anything about Michael Myers. Oh no, now she does, she looks, and there's nothing there. That's such a cool shot. This movie's an example of how simple, it's not bad when it comes to horror movies. Laurie's on the phone twirling her hair, and Billy can't see Michael anymore because Michael is looming outside Annie's house. Oh, that's he's looking right inside and she's paying no attention. So she can't see him. So I'm not caught illusion She's not looking at Michael, he doesn't he exists and doesn't exist at the same time. Annie drops some shit on her clothes so she takes off her top. And then her top again. She's wearing no bra but she's got a back-to-camera and she's taking off her trousers and she's just in her panties and knee-high socks and she puts her shirt on and, you know you got to recap this movie as succinctly as possible she's not going out tonight she's wearing now wearing an old shirt and Mike Myers smashes a flower pop because he's not happy you know she's just taking off clothes for no reason he's like that's not what I signed up for I'm a serious competitor and now he's looking outside from a different direction now, Mike Myers realises that no, if he wants to face the champ, he has to go through these guys first. And there's a dog. There's a dog outside. And, and he's shouting at Lindsay. And dog? Is the dog first one going to go off Michael? Holy shit. They're giving Michael an easy match to start off with. They really want this guy to be champ. And Mike is... The dog's dead. And it droops. And... Oh, shit. No... Oh. RKO! Oh, there's a shout out and a half. Awesome with Six and King. I'm not a huge fan, but I res- respect the um, cinematic importance. I love the name Winchester Pictures, by the way. It's really cool. And Had Hortz is awesome. He's um, one of John Carpenter's inspirations in point of fact. And it's The Thing! Oh, man! That's, I'm, that is one of the future movies I'm going to be doing as a Bottle episode, by the way. I fucking love The Thing. And my brother does too, so you know, maybe down the line you'll be able to get an Austin and Austin, a bit like Marley Marley, you know, production. But hey, maybe, maybe not, we'll see what happens. It's great fucking moves though. Both of them, actually, all three of them. I, I even like prequel. Um the recent prequel with um Shit. Mary, Elizabeth Elizabeth Winstead, Mary Winstead? Mary Win- Mary Winstead, yeah. It's really good. I mean, it's not great. It's not as good as the original, but it's, it's a pretty decent horror movie in some regard. CGI is a bit annoying, but at this point, I'm like, it doesn't mean a movie's bad just because it's bad CGI. Like, we all grew up watching movies fucking terrible CGI, and some of them were pretty good. Like, the original Peace Dragon, is awful CGI, but it's really fun to watch. And new one's great CGI, but it's a slog to get through, so... And Annie's going looking for the dog. Now, I love that they're doing these mini feuds like Michael versus Annie, Michael versus the dog. So, Annie re enters and she's trying to do some washing. Why would you have the washing machine so far from the house? I mean, for noise sake, granted, but I mean, like that, I'm not a fucking dry machine. I'm gonna have to do washing later on. I mean, I've got no dryer, I'm gonna have to dry it manually. Fucking disgusting. And Michael's looming outside. Holy oh, shit! He's he's gone up from squash matches. No, he wants he's got gotta go through the uh, mid card to get to Laurie. And he's not there. Annie's calling out for him, but Mike's not there. Michael's hiding. Oh, maybe Annie'll get a count-out victory. She's putting clothes in dryer. Michael, he's Michael's only got a short time to get back in ring. Then this match is over. And he's saying things up. Door slams. Michael's coming. He's broken count technically. But he's hit going outside again. He's reusing the decision to his advantage. And he's locked the door. And he's trapped in, the, in a room with Michael. It's very clever, Michael. You know, he's got a... He can't allow any escape routes. This look kid should not be watching thing, by the way. Even this original early version is still really messed up and really terrifying in places. So Lindsay doesn't answer the phone. She wants to watch a horror movie. She looks traumatised. And Michael's inside the room with Annie. Oh, he's creeping up on her. He's reusing psychological mind games to his advantage. And now he's gone again. She can't see him. Michael is very much in that Bray Wyatt untaker mind games sort of mindset. And Annie's going to break the door, try to open another door to get outside, but she can't. It's shitting way. And she's trying to crawl out. She's trying to get window Oh, and The phone's ringing. Lindsay answers. Oh, Paul's on the phone and Lindsay has to cover for her. Okay. And Paul says, like, no, no, get me, Annie. And Lindsay's like, oh, I want to watch the thing." So Annie, so Lindsay calls out Paul's on the phone and runs up to the laundry room and opens the door. Which Annie, which she doesn't make mention why Annie locked it from the outside while well inside, and Lindsay is um, stuck trying to get out window with uh, we getting arse shot, and Lindsay pulls it back inside. So Michael locked her in there. He wasn't in there with her. But then I saw him inside the room. He's he's really good at mind games, is Michael. But if he wants to be a top guy, he's gonna have to move past that. He's gonna have to show that he can go toe toe with the big dogs or even little dogs in this case. And Lindsay's go and Annie are going back to the house. Michael is um taking his sweet time, you know. He I I don't think Michael's in proper ring shape because I think if he was he would just go straight for at least two mur- murder Lin- at least but he doesn't want to he's sort of he needs to get his groove back or keep his stamina up oh shit he's outside now again Mike Myers technically still in the match and he's speak again Michael you piece of shit what, what's he doing Michael, you're six foot eight. This woman's five foot six. You have over 150 pounds at least advantage on this woman. And you're going in your wrong way, you chicken shit. I thought I was going to do a really serious recap of this. I'm not. I love Smoothie, by the way. But just, the jokes just come. And now they're watching Finn again. I love that movie. It's so I love all versions of the movie. I really love the... um. Carter one, best, but it's the original's really good in different way. It's um, a bit campy. I mean, by standards of time, it's not. But by today's standards, it's a bit campy. But it's a good movie. And it's very ominous and something you would watch at Halloween. Or, in this case, a few days prior. Oh, by the way, I'm not doing enough bottle episode for Halloween. Look, I would struggle to get next Friday's episode out, let alone, you know, another episode on top of that. And Mars is looming by car. Oh, shit. No, I think technically, technically, he forfeits this match. I think te- he won his squash match, but I think he lost to Annie by count out because he's been out of the ring for a long fucking time. So now Annie's... We get a segment with Annie, Billy, Lindsay and Laurie. My Mars is a bit of a chicken shit. See so flatter, he's got a master plan. He's in he's in that master manipulator frame of mine. So we get Annie and Laurie in the kitchen eating grapes and shit and drying her hands. And They're having a really, really banal conversation. I think it's intentional. But it's still still quite amusing. And Laurie's not happy. She's like, wait a minute. I ain't going out Mr. Trainer. Or student trainer. Or trainer boy. And Annie's like, yeah, you are. And that's the end of that conversation. And now Annie's going outside again. Because she doesn't want babysitting anymore. Because she wants to get some of that pooling. So she dumps Lindsay off on Laurie. And now Lindsay and Billy can watch the thing. And Annie's gone back. Like, you won my count out. Why would you get back in the ring and dare Michael to come back? I have, This is not a, this is a non-sanctioned match between Michael and Annie right now. Michael lost. This, like, post-show shit. And Michael might get his heat back at this point, but I... He's still playing mind games, so Annie goes walking back. She can't get in the car. And she goes walking and skipping and just chilling out, basically, walking around back of the house. I think she's playing too much to Michael now. She had match one. Why'd she go back? And Why'd she leave all the lights on? Oh, because she was always going to go back and nail Paul or get nailed by James Michael. So hitting this romance thing with Annie and Paul up hard, you know, they really got to say that storyline. I'm not sure why, because it feels like payoff to that is that they're both going to be murdered by Michael. Anyway, she gets into the car and she's going to go driving and she looks because she can sense that someone's in the car because there's condensation everywhere. And it's very strange. Yes, Michael. Oh, shit, post-match angle. He's got a bone throat. Michael's squeezing. Oh, Annie, come on. Annie, okay. Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? No, she's not. Michael's got the grip on. And it's gone mad now. The, cho- the choke has gone mad now. Oh, man. the te- Oh, poor Annie. Oh, that's, that's not what you like to see. Post-match assault. Michael being boozed by everyone. Oh, man. It's terrible. And she's dead. He's murdered Annie. And her face lands on beeper horn. And you have to give it... I mean, not that you have to give it Michael, but he's taking out one of his key competitors. He wants that title. He wants the title. And knows he has to go he can get it. Through Laurie, get it, even. So he's taking out one of the best friends of Laurie's from the Haddonfield Elite. There's only two left now. There's Betty Sue and there's um, Laurie. And the little kids are still watching Finn. I really want to watch Finn now. And Billy, oh, Billy's looking at Lindsay. Oh, man, I think he's he's got the idea. now if he scares her, oh, he, he might fall in love and get married eventually. So Billy hides. And he calls out for Lindsay. And she's looking around scared. She doesn't know Billy's gone. And she turns. And Billy sees something out the window. He sees Michael carrying Annie. Why is he carrying her? That's pretty fucked up. And he's going back in the house with Annie. That's really messed up. They're gonna play misunderstanding that that's Paul carrying her Annie into the house. Oh and Lindsay scares Billy and they both freak out. And Billy's speak English, you little brat. Don't scream incoherently. And Laurie's turn Billy and chill out. Billy is convinced that boogeyman is real, and Laurie's like, "There's no boogeyman." I'm like, "Laurie, that's Michael's nickname. He's got a nickname now. He's a top. He's going to be a top guy after that." And Laurie's sick of these kids. She's just completely desperate, and so am I. You know, you little brats, grow up. Don't. You shouldn't be watching Finn. You should because it's amazing. You shouldn't because you can't handle it. And we're outside, we're outside our house and we get a tracking shot. And Loomis is there. Loomis is weird because he really he's scaring these kids off from going to Myers' house. He really doesn't want this Laurie Michael match to happen. And on some ways I'm like, Loomis, you're right. But on other ways, actually, no, he's scaring kids off. He's not doing anything until so walk up to the house. Does he want to use them as bait or no he calls out to get them to leave? <laughs> Cause he doesn't want to give himself away. It's creepy. These kids get their asses away from there and then smiles. Oh shit, hand on shoulder's Bracken. No, this Tad team. I think this Tad team can take Michael down. And they have a chat about Bracken hasn't really found much, hasn't redone really anything. And Loomis is like. You asshole, get rested, cops on it. And Bracken's like, no. <laughs> Loomis, um, trying to convince Bracken that when Michael was in the institution, he stared at war, day fifteen years not seeing a wall, looking past the wall, seeing this night. So can Michael see the future? Why this night in particular? Where well, you need to be old enough, but, but why? Why this precise night? Which Loomis can't explain to me or Bracken. Because there's no logic as to why this precise night, despite the fact that this is on movie set, is the night that Michael escapes, which might be pointing. he doesn't operate on logic, but at the same time, he clearly does. Michael has an internal logic of his own. So, you do have to stop and think, Loomis, are you fucking crazy? Which, the answer is yes. Loomis is batshit insane. Oh, and Paul, oh, and, um, Jim, Jim and Betty Sue are hanging out. Oh, and they're drinking beers. They're drinking Budweiser's. And he's got those hipster douchebag glasses and the mullet on. What a douchebag. Oh wait, they're drinking Budweiser. People give Budweiser shit because it tastes like piss. That's that's what I've got. I like Budweiser, but... Budweiser, I think... When people say it's a gateway beer, I agree. But it's like, I had the gateway beer, and i had a fair bit of beer since of different kinds. I like how generic it is. I like fruity hoppy beers a lot, but at the same time, like sometimes it's nice to have something that tastes decent. I mean, I love um, Copperberg; that's really good. Anyway, very soon Jim Bobbering the Annie's house and making out, I'm going to get some pale, unenthusiastic tea sets and seconds. a uh, horror movie trope that Michael's going to watch and probably jerk off in the background oh there is Michael not jerking off but he is watching so. I forgot how annoying these kids were which is on purpose. The kids are annoying. But. It is, hey. And Laurie looks outside and sees no one at my residence. They're really patient in setting up this Michael Laurie thing. It's long-form booking. I like it. These kids should go back, watch the thing and shut up. They're really, really annoying this one. Laurie sits down for the sofa. How long does this... How long's the film, by the way? Because this it seems like it's taken more than time than they've shown in terms of film length. Betty Sue phones Laurie. Apparently, she's finished with Jim Bob already, and they're wondering where Annie is. Neither one of them knows. She's probably stopped off someplace. That, that's great, Laurie. I'm sure that's what it is. Jim Bob looks like an arsehole, by the way. (laughs) He always can tell you when watching a movie that someone wearing glasses doesn't actually wear glasses because they wear them like an arsehole. Oh, and Betty Sue and Jim Bob are going upstairs. It's an American thing where you have sets in your friend's houses in either the parent's bed or your friend's bed and just, like, just whatever. Because that strikes me as weird. They do realize that their friend or their friend's parents have sleep in that bed, right? They don't need your slime all over it. Jesus, on um, pumpkin background, and Jim Bob and Betty Sue having really pale, unenthusiastic sets, and Paul and. No, not Paul. Jim very angry because phone keeps ringing. He can't get he can't get off his phone rings. Think mean, could mate. You're just being lazy shit. Phone stops ringing, and then he'd like take off hook and they would like go back to having the really shit sets. That's so unconvincing. And Michael appears. Oh shit! It's a handicap match. Jim Bob and Betty Sue versus Michael. Yeah, really, really try and put over Michael's monster. But when he's already lost by countdown, because he's too stupid to get back in the fucking ring. I don't know why we buy him as a threat. They're really gonna have to do something in the scene so I didn't Michael is a threat to anyone. Betty Sue's smoking cigarettes, so she signed her death warrant. Warrant, Jim Bot's put on his glasses again like an arsehole, and he's smoking cigarettes, so he signed his death warrant. Inconsiderate fuckers, you've just fucked in Annie's bed and now he's smoking cigarettes in her bed. And you get oh just so, so arseholes. Like she has to sleeping there, it's gonna stink a cigarette smoking, it's got all your fucking discharges everywhere. Pair of arseholes seriously i have no sympathy for either of these two well i mean i don't want them to die but like at the same time it's a horror movie you know what you've done jim bob is going for a piss and he's just oh he's put a shirt on at least so you know he's not oh no he's not going to piss he's gonna fill up get some drinks and just chilling just walking michael gonna pick him up Pick him off two, right, two and one. One and one style. I guess this is an elimination handicap match. Michael using darkness to his advantage. Or not even using darkness to his advantage. just asshole put one for fucking lights on. That and he doesn't. That's his own fault. you know. He finds a door open outside. And he immediately just shrugs off. Thinks it's Paul. Or maybe Annie. Doesn't even lock the door. But he just shouts out. You're an asshole outside. The front door, but he doesn't lock the back door. Oh, Michael gets drop on him. Oh, shit oh, Michael's leveled up. Oh, he's got that. The choke has got magma. Oh, man, he's squeezing, squeezing and pull. Oh, he lifts pull up in the air. Oh, that's sure strength, Michael. You, you are. Oh, he's got a knife, Mike. No foreign object, foreign object. DQ ref doesn't see it. Oh, man, he slams it into Jim Bob's chest. And Jim Bob is nailed to the wall. Oh, Michael. It, with that finishing move. Ref didn't see the foreign object, but he saw a result. Michael was just pinned. Pinned Jim Bob to the wall. That's victory number two for Michael. He's two for one at the moment. He he murdered the dog. He lost my count out, but now he's one. So he's two, victory, two clean victories. Oh door opens and there's someone is standing doorway wearing white wearing a white sheet and glasses. It can only be Michael. He's really going for the mind games here. He's luring Betty Sue over to him. Michael Reed really doesn't have to do the work here. This is really clever, Michael. But also at the same time, what a chicken shit. You just beat Jim Bob Clean and you can't fight Betty Sue on evil playing field. You gotta trick her in thinking it's Jim Bob I don't really think this says Michael is the threat it's meant to a clever clever man but why would someone as tall as he is need to do these mind games Bay Sue is pissed off because she wants a beer and she's not going to get one Michael's really, really going full blown here. He's, I mean, Stu's painting's been very clever. So, oh shit, here comes Michael. She's about to pick up the phone and call for a, a different booking. She phones Laurie as Michael's approaching her. Michael approaches. Oh god, has got. Oh, he's choking off the phone. DQ ref, DQ. He's got, oh, he's choking. Oh, man. Oh, and, and Laurie thinks it's Betty Sue making sex noises for a second. until it stops being that. And, oh, man, Michael, it's got submission victory. Oh, man, Michael, this, this is underhanded as fuck, Michael. But you did technically win. Although, oh, referee, come on, referee. Michael. Oh, Michael's got the phone and he's. Oh, man, he's breathing. That's his equivalent for promo. He's letting Laurie know he's gone through the two members of the Haddonfield elite and now he's coming for her. And he was turned light on and off for some reason. I don't know if I rate Laurie's chances now. Michael is underhanded and Doesn't seem to be using size strength advantage very much, but he's won two matches and he's won three matches now, two in a row. So he's three and one. Because that was a handcuff elimination match. And Laurie better work on her game because Michael is clever. He's tripsy and he's strong. If he uses his cleverness or his strength or both at the same time, I don't think Laurie has a chance. Michael might be a chicken shit, but he's he's a clever boy. He's a shy boy, but he's a clever boy. But maybe if Bracken and Loomis get involved, then it might be a different story. Michael can't take on three people at the same time. He's been picking off opponents one by one so far. And Loomis is still outside Michael's house. He's not there, Loomis. Get with the plot, mate. Come on. Oh shit! He finds he finds the car across the street that Michael's driving. Michael's very careless. Loomis run down the street, giving first credence to the fact that he did not need a fucking handicap badge or to parking handicap parking spot. Loomis, you asshole. Oh, he finds it for official use on the Illinois State Hospital sign on car and realises Michael did not use this in an official capacity. Therefore, he's in breach of his protocol. Loomis running for something, and Laurie goes back in the house, and she's, well, no, she's already in the house. She's upstairs, and she's walking downstairs now. You know, you have to who's going to wing Laurie, and Michael. Laurie's had no fights so far. Michael's had four, and he's won three, but they've all been... Except for the Jim Bob, I guess. They've all been unhanded. He got, Dog did not realise it's an official Santa match. Jim Bob managed to get a few blows in, but then got Nate pinned. And Betty Sue, he used mind games to get her. Laurie's outside wondering what's going on at Annie's house. Also, it's kind of annoying because Laurie doesn't know she's about being main vent. You know, she's been tricked into this. She's been manipulated. It's not good booking. <laughs> I love wrestling. And I love horror movies. So why not combine them, eh? I <sighs> apologize if town quality is off on this, by the way. Um, with Anchor, I can put up the Anchor podcast thing. I used to put my podcast up and then send them. Whereas I can do an hour at a time. I can't do more than that. So I have to record using a different program, then upload to Anchor. So if it sounds um, off in any way, I apologise. But, you know, uh, we'll see. If it doesn't work entirely, let me know um, at Fry, Fry Night Shudder, I think, at Twitter. You sure go there, by the way. It's an amazing Twitter account. I posted there a fair bit. Yeah, so it's um, at FRI Night Shudder on Twitter. It's the official Twitter account for this podcast. And Laurie's gone up to Annie's house and she's running the door there and she's thinking, Annie, are you okay, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? I don't think Annie's been struck by a smooth criminal. Like although Michael is quite his movements are quite smooth and he's very great. Okay, and that pump flaming pumpkin. I love that design. Pumpkin's are an American thing I think. I never really took off over here as far as I know. Laurie's scoping out place she's going investigating y'all how much is movie this movie have I watched this one fair bit like 68 minutes I guess hope you're enjoying this I oh, am yeah. it's great it's great way sing some spend a Sunday and got my jobs to do after this. You know, life doesn't stop; it just gets more and more fun, doesn't it? So Laurie's in Annie's house, and she's looking around. Oh shit! I guess this main event is going to be starting in Annie's house. It's, you know, I think this might be. I think this might literally be a house of horrors match, or fourth come anywhere match, because I don't think it's going to end in Annie's house. So the advantage would go to Michael in that regard because you know, even Norm matches, he's very good at cheating, but now he can literally use engines as a weapon. But at the same time, so can Laurie. In a normal fight, I don't think she beats Michael in his mind games, but she's literally got the home field advantage because she knows this ring and this environment better than anyone. And at the same time, she knows this town. Michael hasn't been here in 15 years. That's a long time not to live somewhere, and it does change. But then again, at the same time, Michael has been preparing for this match or the equivalent thereof for 15 years. So he does have a lot of ideas, I'm sure, as to how to deal with these teenagers. We've seen some of them in the earlier matches. With the dog, we broke its neck in the net, I guess. With um Jim Bob, where he's pinged Jim Bob to the wall, literally. And with Betty Sue, where he used mind games in a very, very strange Attempt at self diffuse with the ghost costume, and now he's he's luring Laurie into his trap. Laurie can't do this. She needs to figure out her own trap to lure Michael into. You no, know, if you are the hunted, the hunter has the advantage unless you turn the situation round. She's gone. Laurie's gone upstairs anyway, walking towards the room. And I think we all know what's going to happen here. She's going to find one or both of bodies. And on one hand, you can go, that's very predictable, but on the other hand, it's great because this really amps up the tension because you know what Laurie's going to find, but she has no idea. It's that thing where your audience being that have characters isn't a bad thing in theory because it makes your audience feel smart, but also boots up the terror of this character we like doesn't know what we know. And it's going to mess with her head when she finds out. And that's fucking great. Michael has put Tombstone's Judith Myers on the bed next to Annie's dead body. That is real mind games. That's messed up. And Laurie starts to realise what she's in for. She's dealing for Master Nip And that pumpkin's there too. And my, oh, there's Jim Bob. He's hanging from the ceiling rocking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and there's betty sue she's been stuffed in the closet oh man michael really does have the advantage here and laurie's freaking fuck out she has to leave laurie you have to take count out victory you can't beat michael and the darkness after darkness comes Michael. Oh, that's an amazing shot. And he's he's messing for, he's creeping up behind her. And ah, oh, he stabs her arm. And she falls downstairs. Holy shit. How do you learn to fall downstairs? Laurie is taking a sick bump there. And she's hurt. And Michael is going in for the cave. He doesn't want to drag this out. And Laurie, oh, she's up. And she's trying to get outside. The door shut. And Michael's slowly coming after her. Michael got to pick up and pace, mate. Laurie is running. She runs into the other room. Michael is still giving chase. Laurie runs in the kitchen and tries locking the door. And she's looking for a weapon. Anything's fine. No, she's trying to get outside. She's trying to open the doors, but they won't open. Because Michael's back is shut with a bunch of furniture shit. Trident and shit. Or pitchfork. Laurie can't get outside. She's freaking out. She wants a count out victory, but there's no count out since matching. Also, she can't leave anyway. Laurie trying in vain. Michael trying to open the door. And Michael's inside. Oh shit! Laurie's trapped. She's trapped in the monster, the shape. And Laurie smashes the glass. And she opens. And she pulls in the pitchfork. No, she opens the door. Laurie's running. She might. Be, she can't be counting out because this fool's counting anywhere. But she's run for her life, regaining her bearings. Laurie's running and screaming, begging for assistance. But who's going to assist her? No one wants mess Michael. They've seen the trap record. He's three and one. michael's three and one so he's not going for this because that the murder of annie took place in and off in and out of ring segment you know that doesn't count as a victory but having Phil gone and michael's confident he can take out laurie in his own time so he's going he's not going to take, rush this he wants to properly laurie's got a really sore ankle and her arm is cut But she's reaching for her keys and she can't find them. Oh, she's got bang on the door and Michael's coming very slowly. Laurie's only option is if Billy and Lindsay let her in the house. But she told them not letting one in. So it's could backfire on her. Michael's still walking. He's the shape. And Laurie throws a a potted plank at the window. And Michael's still advancing. And Billy's there. And Laurie's telling him let him in the house. And B's like, what, what? And Laurie's saying, please let me in, Michael. I'm literally going to die. I don't know what it says about Laurie and that she's involving kids in this, but it's fair enough. And Billy casually lets Laurie in the house and she shuts the door solidly behind her. And she's freaking out now because there's a murder on loose and, also, and he wants a heavyweight title. And phone... Oh, she is on phones, heavy breathing because it's Michael, his the phone lines. And windows open. And it might be Michael, and Laurie's really freaking out. She's going near catatonic. And she's got a sewing needle. Oh, Laurie, she's using that force coming in with it. Michael's there. Holy shit, he stabbed. He misses. She stabbed him in the neck with sewing needle. Oh, Michael's hurt. Michael's hurt. He did not expect that, and he falls down. And Laurie, that was great thinking. Great information by Laurie there. She really stabbed that sewing needle in. And Michael, he might be down, but Laurie, you have to get pinned. If you don't ping him, and an iconic shot of Laurie with a knife, that is what they book it for. Michael's down now. Is he dead? Laurie, even ping him or make him submit. You can't just assume that he's down now. The match only ends by pinfall or submission. Laurie, him lying on mat. This is not last man standing. It should be, but it's not. Laurie drops a knife, realizing that she's used a weapon. She's become everything she hates. She's become the heel. Loomis outside. He's trying to figure out what's going on. He's given bad directions earlier. Loomis, he needs that victory of Michael. He needs to redeem himself. And here comes Bracken. Bracken's the law here, and he doesn't want these matches to take place. They're, they're, not san, they're not properly sanctioned. Loomis explained Bracken that Michael doesn't give shit if they're sanctioned or not. He still wants to have these matches. And Bracken will not have a non-sanctioned halfway tile match on his grounds, not by any stretch. You know, you have to sign contracts for that shit. No miss, just walking. He he really needs to get in the ring. Laurie going upstairs. She's hurt. She's in bad shape, but she's managed to take Michael out. But she still hasn't scored victory, so this match is not over. She's begging for. Oh, the kid's name's Tommy, not Billy. Fuck it. Tom, she's begging Tommy and Lindsay, get out of here. Run for your lies. Michael's insane. He won't stop until the match is over. And Tommy is trying to explain, Laurie, you have to pin Michael. And she's like, no, I can't. Oh, shit. Michael's coming upstairs. Oh, shit. The boogeyman. Run, kids, run. Laurie and kids running to the bedroom. No, no. Laurie lots them in bedroom. And she's rung for her life. Oh, she's going out on balcony. Laurie, you took one bumble raid tonight. You can't take enough. Oh, she's gone. She's tricking Michael. She's some of those mind games. She's opened balcony doors and she shut the closet doors. So Michael will think she's outside. Will Michael fall for it? He's been quite clever so far. This is the ultimate test of Michael's mind games. Will Michael fall for it? No, he doesn't. No, Michael. Oh, he's a clever boy, that Michael. He knows he knows exactly what he's doing that situation and that Laurie's tapped into his mindset. So Michael's trying to break down the closet door. Oh he's breaking it down, he's breaking it. Oh he's trying to break it. Laurie, make a weapon. Laurie, you have to make a weapon. Michael's not gonna give up. As long as this match is as long as this match is on, he's going to keep going. Laurie make a weapon. Laurie, you have to improvise. Michael is not going to go away. And Laurie's freaking out some. Michael's gone for the light. He's turned the light on. And Laurie sees a bunch of wire coat hangers and shit. And one falls down. Oh, Laurie. Oh, she's so smart. She's going to make an improvised weapon. She's going to turn into some sort of blade. And Michael's coming. Michael's going for her. Michael's lunging. So the lights flicker off. And Laurie stabs him in the eye. Holy shit. Michael is bleeding everywhere bust wide open and Laurie's got knife and Michael freaking out and Laurie stabs she Stabs him right in gut. Holy shit foreign object. How could Michael get up off that? Well, you would ask that question, but Michael shrugged off a pin stone needle to neck earlier So I don't think that's gonna keep Michael down But it has put Michael at bay at last It's given Laurie some time to think she's got foreign object a knife and Michael is falling over outside her room. But Laurie, again, you don't win until you pin him. He's not finished yet. Laurie, will you get the one, two, three and win the match? Laurie. And Laurie's just walking around him again. She, I don't think anyone explained rules of this contest to Laurie. You can't win unless you pin him. It's not last man standing match, Laurie. If it was, you would have won three, four times over, considering you've got plenty of ten counts. Laurie asks Billy and Lindsay, Tommy and Lindsay, open Doors, and Ancient them, get the fuck out. <laughs> you would at this point, wouldn't you? Like, how are these kids not getting this? When Laurie's fighting in heavyweight title match, she doesn't need two kids at ringside who are messing things up by being distraction. You know? Get out of the ring. Fuck off <laughs> and laurie sat down again laurie oh my god do you not realize this is not a mere man this is the greatest threat to your heavyweight title you've ever faced michael sits up and looks at laurie like why why don't you ping me the kids run outside and find loomis and they're freaking out and they're into a neighbor and loomis knows He knows the monsters in the house. But what can Loomis do against Michael? Laurie stands up and Michael stands up behind her. Laurie at this point has to know that Michael is the toughest person that she's ever faced. The own person she's ever faced. Michael creeps up behind her. Oh, Laurie moves that way. Michael's slowly creeping some of mine goes, oh, he's grabbed her! The, the chokehold! Oh, he's trying to make it go mad. but Laurie's fighting him off. She's hitting him with thing she's got. Loomis is there! Loomis! She pulls the mask off! Michael freaks out! No, you can see his face! Loomis with the gun! Loomis! BAN! Michael! Oh, right in the gut! Michael's being hit hard. Michael, but Michael's still standing. Put mask on. Another shot! Another! Another! three four five Michael goes over the balcony boom he hits the mat you know what I think the match has to be called off there Michael just fell over the balcony I've been shot five times he's been stabbed in the neck stabbed in the gut shot five times in for balcony I think we have to call this one folks I think we need an ambulance for Mike Myers Laurie asks what the fuck is going on Loomis tells us it's over. I think it is too, because you're going to call fucking ambulance to carry Michael out. Jesus Christ. Loomis goes to see if Michael's still there. He looks over. Holy shit. Michael's gone. Oh, my God. But I think this is over, folks. I think this match... It's officially ended in a no contest. Laurie clearly hasn't run. She's freaking out because she threw everything she had at Michael and nothing stuck. She's crying. Loomis is freaked the fuck out because he's just seen what Michael is capable of, that Michael can take a sewing needle to neck and knife to gut five shots and four off a balcony and survive. And not only survive, he can flee. This is a bad, folks. I think this... This demands a rematch. But I think we're going to have to wait a year for that. Wow. Um, I'm speechless, folks. This was definitely a hell of a contest. Hell of a show. And really just brutal, brutal main event. My God. Michael. The amount of punishment Michael can take is stunning. And that's it. That's. IOPD Halloween's main show thanks for watching and I will see you guys in a kickoff show very very soon Hello and this is the first ever IOPD it's Halloween this is Ian Austin and if you didn't watch a kickoff show then you missed down a lot, but that's okay, because this is the actual proper, truly main special main event. First ever, I- it's Halloween with a live recap, live-ish recap of the original Halloween. And here we go. Play feature. So if you're trying one watch along live, if you press play now, if you press play now, go for it. I've won. I have my instant coffee. I have my black on squash. I have my cookies. And I'm ready to go. Compassing national pictures release. Halloween. Let's kick it, y'all. Ms. Stuff Rackard presents. Oh, I'm so pumped. I haven't watched this in ages. That music. The pumpkin. Oh, the flashing pumpkin. And Donald Pleasant's in. Dun, dun, dun. John Carpenters halloween it should say john carpenter slash deborah Hughes halloween considering she wrote all the female dialogue but that's okay deborah He production there you go i'm so happy guys this is going to be amazing this is a dream come true a literal dream come true for me because i have wanted to do something like this for so long and i find got nerve duke podcast and now i'm doing this yay Joe Cyphers. I, sorry, I was inputting name for the file on my record thing. Kyle Richards, Brian Andrews. Don't know who those people are. Okay. Screenplay by the master John Carpenter. So, I, I always say it's about wrestling. Like, stars from the 80s come back today. If they first came around today, they'd be huge instantly. John Carpenter came out around today, they would throw the keys to the Marvel Universe at him. He is the fucking best music by john carpenter and the pumpkin the happy pumpkin and cool lusby what an awesome name from associate producer cool lusby with a k no less oh. and tom wallace who i believe tommy from friday fame was named after i think i'm not sure if that's true but i think so when you think so that's truth enough Oh, man, I'm so pumped. This is one of my favourite horror movies. But I haven't seen in ages. So Haddonfield, Illinois. Fuck yeah. Shermer Oaks can go fuck it safe. Howie Knight, 1963. 55 years ago. Almost as of Tuesday. No, Wednesday. 55 years ago as of Wednesday. That classic opening shot. I definitely wonder why was why was the kid outside the house staffed with? I mean it's a real awesome shot, don't get me wrong, but he's walking up to the house and he's looking through the windows. Why is he outside staffed with? It, I I never figured I never knew why. But we get that awesome shot for the pumpkin. That's what corrupted young Michael Myers. Incidentally, I'm assuming that's what seen this movie for. So we get some petting on the sofa. Some teenage petting. That guy does not look like a teenager. But he does look like an arsehole. He's fucking about with a clown mask. But she seems into it. So that's the okay. game. Consent's important. It always was, but it's especially important in this day and age. Like, don't be an arsehole, guys. If she says no, she says no. That classic opening shot. Ah, oh, John Carpenter in his prime. So light goes off outside. And we're inside. And we're outside. So the kid... I know it's meant to be a twist. I assume, like so, I assume you've all seen this movie before. So outside house, he's trying to find a way inside. I say try and find a way. He lives there, he should know. And back door is open. This kid's very prepared. He left back door open and no notice. That classic twinkly music. Oh lights come on. Must be a very short light switch if he could get to it. And oh, looking for a weapon of some kind, Um, a knife, the Mike Myers knife. He's creeping, he's creeping past the two candles, it, two candles before they, when they change timeline, it's one candle, by the way, you know, or one candle had them filled in the house. So he sees a rocking chair. Who has a rocking chair in this and age? It, in 60s, maybe, but even then it wasn't a huge thing, was it? This is a really weird-looking house. I mean, they're going for a suburban niceness, but it's very strange. Oh man, that was some quick sets. The guy's already come downstairs. The 25-year-old, he's leaving. So like, I'm done. I'm good. But kid, it took him like 90 seconds getting the house at most. That's being generous. I, I'd be disappointed if I was the woman upstairs. and creeping upstairs. I love how this doesn't, see, not a lot in theory happens in this opening scene, but it's the tension and the dragging out that really works. It's, it's very clever. It's something a director really comes out with. It's like, I remember a story David Cronenberg told writer of Spiders, writer of Spiders, sort of like this very short script, and Cronenberg said, well, we'll make it long. Like a good director can make stuff, drag stuff out a bit, but still make it work. What's written isn't necessarily exactly how it comes across on screen, anyway. And the woman sat naked, brushing her hair, and oh, not naked, she's wearing some panties, and she's just had sex and she's brushing her hair and she looks kind of calm at ease. Oh no, she's seen Michael! No! I should put subtitles on and stab, 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 stab. Oh, that's nasty. What nasty little boy Michael is you nasty little piece of work, Michael. By the way, I'm watching DVD version and it's not letting me change the subtitles. Hmm. So if you're watching some shadow if you're lucky enough to live in America, you probably have the option of subtitles. I bought a DVD version which doesn't have any subtitles apparently. And Michael's watching parents come up to house and he's holding a knife and he looks very confused. He was wearing a clown outfit. And they don't seem very concerned that his knife is dripping blood. Oh, it's starting to sink in. Whoa, whoa, Not very good parents. And also, I don't know if you've ever seen parents again. As far as I know, this is it. They're here once and that's... They're done after that. They don't seem very concerned that Mike Myers has stood outside. Little Mike Myers stood outside with a knife dripping blood. Oh, Smith's Grove, Illinois. I assume it's saying 1977. Oh, 1978. October 30th, 1978, to be precise. That's almost 40 years ago, exactly. We see a car driving down the road. The headlights blaring, lightning storms. Junker, I mean, it's very much like fog. John Carpenter's really good atmosphere. And it's Pleasance. It's Donald Pleasance as Loomis, one of my favourite horror performances ever. He's talking to the nurse. Doesn't look happy. Loomis is never happy. He's driving up to the Institute in Illinois State Hospital where Mike Myers is being kept. It's raining as shit. And she's trying while smoking. It's not very good. But I always got the impression, I'd love to have seen prequel about Loomis as a kid, because I imagine he was a proper, proper bastard. I mean, some of the stories I've heard about Donald Pleasance, he's a proper, proper bastard, you know? But it's that voice. It's one thing that Hollywood kind of, it's kind of stereotypical. They assume that all English people sound smart. And that's a lie, because we're not all smart. But Donald Pleasance... Sounds like fucking legend. It's an awesome voice will carry you quite far in life. I must say it sounds slight like Daffy Duck or Donald Duck, but I've made it work for me, so you know, in theory, you might disagree. No, Mrs. great because you really need a heavyweight actor to pull the role off. But at the same time, he doesn't really have He He's just literally turned people Mike Myers' fucking devil. And that's it. Which is wonderful, but also amusing. You don't want none of this shit. He's not flirting with her. And they find on the side of the road a bunch of escape patients from North State Hospital. Oh, shit. Loomis looks fucking pissed. Scared shitless. That awesome lightning effect. He he knows what's happening. He knows what sort of movies he knows. There's oh and gates are open. Holy shit! It's the night. Mike Mars came home, y'all. Pleasants. Loomis even looks really furious. He runs to check gates. To check shit out. escape patients on roof. No. And nurse just unsays it. Like, why would you unsay that? I'd be terrified. Oh no, Mike Myers has got her! And she's trying to drive! No! Loomis is trying to make cool and she's driving, driving! No! No, Mike Myers wants that pretty hair of And she's driving, driving! Oh no, he's. Oh no, 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 he's he's disappeared. Because he is the shape. Oh no, the hand! Oh, he smashed the glass! Holy shit. She's running for her life and Mike My- Myers jumps in the car. And there he goes. Oh, Myers. And Loomis gives chase. We can't get very far because he's very, very, very out of shape. <laughs> Loomis is freaking out, guys. Jesus. He's proper pissed. Haddonfield, Halloween, I love that transition, it's so cool, Carpenter's the man, I can't give him enough props, he's probably, probably in terms of like a run he had of the late 70s, or even early 70s to late 80s, his run is beyond compare. He was the man, and as far as I'm saying, he can coast on that shit. You make movies good as Halloween, you can coast. He had a track record that was insane, and he's just the best. Uh, he's one few people. I love to go after him, shake his hand, and just say thank you, because I, I just love the guy. He's amazing. And his story's about how he just smokes weed now and plays video games. I, I love that. He's, he's, just, he's an inspiration to so many people. He made this money, and now he can live off royalties. And here's Laurie Strode. And can we just guys point out that Jamie Lee Curtis is a national, is an international treasure. Seriously good actress. This Trading Places, that Freaky Friday move she did with um, oh Lindsay Lohan. She's a wonderful actress. Like really, a fish Wonder. She's really good. And uh, I'll get into obviously you've seen the new in view I've done, but she's beyond brilliant in that. Such a good actress. And nice scene that she's getting career resurgence, because she retired on her own terms and that's great, but I love that you can come in Hollywood. it's for a few businesses, you can unretire, and people aren't arseholes to you. In wrestling, fans are smug dickheads. When you retire and come back, they treat you, they treat people like a piece of shit. It's like, If you're able to do it, who cares? Like, it's not a big deal. People, actual life, retire and then still work. You know, what's the issue? It's stupid. And now this kid's Billy, I think. And Laurie Strode is walking to an old house. Because she's fearless. And her dad's real estate agent, which is really cool. I like that. So It adds a bit of context to it. Oh, shit. Mike Myers is there. It's the old Myers place. It's a barn. Little Billy says it's a haunted house because little Billy's a moron. This isn't it, you little brat. This is Halloween. There's the clown's in this uh, metaphorical. I love the scenes now where he's Shape is just stalking her. And love the implication in this movie. There's no reason for it at all. And it's just so. It's. I won't say realistic, but it's grounding reality. Like the idea that someone be following you for no reason. It does happen in real life. And Loomis is just gone to cops, and they're telling him that he's an idiot, and that they're not going to listen to him. You always listen to a posh British guy like Loomis, dudes. It's literally named after a character from Psycho. Why would you not listen to this man? It's a very British man. Well, clearly they're not listening to him because he's rambling like a psycho- psychopath. But, I mean, he's not wrong. Also, where did you get a car from? They stole your, Mike my, Myers stole your car and got to town. And you've not only got a car, you've parked in the handicap section. I never noticed that before. Loomis, you arsehole, you absolute asshole! What is your handicap? You were running two seconds ago. Jeez, one an arsehole. This, actually, I love this shot. This scene, even, because it's um, homaging. It follows, and I love when you make a really good horror movie, and then almost four decades later, make another really good horror movie, and you can sort of, like, homage a shot, but it works in confines of your movie. Don't homage for the sake of it. It has to fit into your actual movie. You really didn't. We never really see a good glimpse of Mike Myers at this point. It's only far away, and Laurie would just disregard it because like, it's just weird. She looks back. He's still there. Birmingham's mean, Halloween, so. And what Laurie's saying here about fate as um, a natural element is tied to movies, it's, it's theme. And sometimes in movies it really annoys me when they conveniently do a class related to what's going on in the movie because that's not how life works. But then again, I'm thinking, the reason they do it is because if they just had an unrelated class, what would scene have to do with anything? You know, you've got to tie in theme somehow. I love the shot of the fences here because I remember when I was at school, we got chicken wire fences like that. And it's so strange because it makes it feel like prison like we played football in tennis court with chicken wire fences on concrete and it feels like you're in prison it's such a weird thing i mean school wasn't great but here you get some very 1970s bullies they're just like one from star trek and bully spock and they're worst bullies ever it's like oh look at you look at you you got hair it's like you are ludicrously shite bullies and you broke Billy's pumpkin, you douchebags. I remember first watching this, I thinking, Billy going to team up, Mike, oh, shit. And then Mike um, Myers stops one of the kids and gives him a look, and kid runs off. And, I oh, man, the one-shots in this are great because they feel, um, they're so way done. They don't feel like proper show-off shots. It's just, you know, showing sure you that Mike Myers is stalking these kids and people for no reason, seemingly. But also how clever it is, just like the shot, in foreground, you've got, you have Mike Sengo. You don't have him more. And in background, you have the kid. And you can see Mike Myers has still got the Illinois State Hospital car. Wouldn't they be looking for that car? Now we get him driving while following kid. And a lot of people could call this filler, but I call it re up the tension. This first act doesn't, in theory, you can say Loomis is first captain, but doesn't have a lot of plot. It's just Loomis trying to let people know about Michael, and Michael following people around. He seems to a degree, be picking on victimised. They don't really go too much into that. So I'm having cookie. That's so good. And this kid's actually really good because he's being asked to walk for a long period of time. And this is a long scene. That's very specific cues to hit. Loomis making calls to Handanfield and they're ignoring him again. We can't blame him, really. Loomis is... The draw this is Loomis acts like this supernatural and no one else in the movie does. Like, to them, it's like someone escaped with big deal. Nowadays, like, we have a few instances, like this recently, someone escaped from Sir Hospital. Shit gets real serious really fast. They call f went up and get on. Loomis has found the original car. And his train goes by and back home. No, he's found a garage. He's found a garage car. With Mike's stolen some clothes. And he knows this guy's dead. Oh, Loomis finds Rabbit in Red. Lounge thing. He goes running. Oh shit, there's a body nearby. Oh, his cookie's amazing, guys. So, uh. and Fred walking down the hallway. Again, for one-shots, they're great for reception, the scene. i also you have to give the actor's props because they're hitting the cues quickly and cleanly and got ticks on sale for the hand and foot dance which won't come in play there's a nice big background and of course this is playing the trope of the final horror game you got the uh, I, I, I hate saying this because like, obviously back then it's considered if you smoked and wore green you were loose and easy now, least it's not really true because lots of people vape, and I don't think many people who vape are that easy. I like the color scheme though. You sort of got pale colors, orange and green. So this is like progression from like very. I, I suppose in terms of this context, chase. Mike my stuff following them round. I love how Laurie gets sense of this of who he is. It's like music is meant symbolise the warning in her head of him. Very cool trope. It's very creepy. Because this could just at the moment there's nothing too natural. This just be enough horror movie. Shit. The car stopped because one of the teenagers and and Laurie's with me to quip. I love that movie never answers how Mike Myers can drive a car by. You. It's just... He, he just does. He's just a force of nature, I guess. And Laurie takes Annie off and says she'll get them in trouble. They hate Mike because the humor. No hey, he created Austin Powers... And he was the main character in Shrek. You show off Mike Myers' a bit of respect. He's also really good in Glorious Bastards. He has a sense of humour when he's made movies. Outside of them, as we found out with that weird script that he sold and then refused to make him got sued over. He's got issues, but... God, I love this music. and love this setting it's so unmanufactured which is strange because they did manufacture fair bits they did shoot Halloween they shot in different time years so they had to paint the lay, paint the leaves brown or something and spread them out it's great it really is such a it's a great location shot movie because it feels like a real place And I love differences. Laurie's got loads of boots, and he's got a couple, and I can't remember the other character's name. I'll call Betty Sue, who's got no boots. It's kind of a nice visual thing. And there's Mike Myers just chilling out again, wearing masks. And then he goes behind some hedges and disappears. He's in bush. And Annie runs up to give Mike peace of her mind. Laurie looks really terrified. And Mike's gone. So you can't frame that as being entirely supernatural because there's places that he could have gone. And Annie's pretending Mike's still there. And Laurie, when she's told that Mike wants to take her out tonight, she moves quickly. Like, what, do you want a date night? Creepy mask? Fair enough. He's not there, but he can still hear music. Oh, Laurie's a spinster. God, this is such a good movie. And it's great because we're resetting really up that big Laurie Michael fight. You know, you got to slowly build that up. That's like main of this movie. Michael's got to go through some of these other guys. Of characters, because you can't cha- you can't challenge champs straight away. You know you gotta work up to that. You gotta cut some promos. You gotta get in zone. And Laurie's looking around, to see where Mike is. You know he's chicken, because Mike's a chicken shit. He'll oh, and she runs into Officer Man, Officer Bracken who's trying to keep law and order, and he's sort of like, no, 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 my daughter is one of your friends, Laurie. You'll show me some respect, and I'll try not to stare at your ass. And what's walks off. He's just randomly patrolling. I have to assume that, because they don't give the impression he's looking for Michael, but I guess Laurie lifts next door to Annie Bracken. So, you know. Cool. Oh, Laurie walks up to her house and she sees... Ooh, she doesn't see anything. Actually, no, she sees a car and thinks it looks similar to the car from before, but, you know, she can't work place it. Oh, no, she doesn't. She sees oh, a bunch of trick-or-treaters. Oh, they look adorable. Those adorable trick-or-treaters. I hate Howie, by the way. Well, I used to. I don't hate anymore. Like, not movie franchise, the holiday. I don't like begging. Like... And I've liked it when I was younger and I certainly don't like it now and I have a job and a fucking podcast. I'm like, it's, it's beneath me. I also don't like people who leave their goddamn windows out while they're home all day. What if someone broke in, Laurie? What if someone broke in? What would James Ensor think? And she looks outside and Mike Myers is hanging around the washing and then he's gone. Wow. Okay. And Laurie's freaked out. You know, she's thinking, my God, they might make ten sequels. They might ask me to come back to this franchise in four decades. And her phone rings. And James then saw on the wall, looks very unproving, Disproving. His eyes follow you wherever you go. I'm looking right, he's there. I'm looking left, he's there. Laurie's phone rings and she answers. And there's no one on the other end. It's Mike Myers. He, he's outside on a put on a one of those um phone box things she answers again and annie it's annie and she's like why'd you hang up on me it's like "Get you didn't say anything annie you just breathed heavily <laughs> like maybe if you said something she won't hung up on you nope laurie thinks she's losing it Because you know, why wouldn't she think she's losing it? God, I love this movie. Laurie goes to lie down on bed. In this tense-racking corner next to oh, an inflatable heart. Oh, I think Laurie's got a suitor. Will we meet him in this movie? Well, if we do, he's probably going to die. A woman exits her. Exits her. A woman exits her. Laurie exits her house carrying pumpkin, I guess it's one replace one being lost earlier, as John Carpenter and Deborah here sat in trees throwing leaves down at her, she almost falls over but it's okay, twinkling music plays as she's going for a bit of a walk, I love how not much has happened in the movie but they're really setting scene and tension, Laurie sits on a wall and just chews out, she's happy again, really happy, Looking at all kids across the street who are going trick-or-treating. Now she's not so happy. She's slightly concerned. Or maybe she's, um, bruising. She's more kids going trick-or-treating. She's not happy. And the car comes... Oh, no, no, it's not the same car. It's one of her friends' cars. It's either Betty or Annie Sue. shouldn't be Annie, given Annie lives, like, two minutes away. But as we saw in, um... Shit, what's that rubbish blank check? You know, you can live round block from you can live down road from your dad, and you will soon drive the fucking car. So it's Annie Bracken's car, and Annie passes joint, Laurier joint. Oh no, and who are these assholes? Oh, it's Loomis and a random man in the graveyard. Loomis is like, oh, I want to grave, And the man's like, this is highly inappropriate. But Loomis is like, I need to, I need to. I need... No, he's dead. And they're like, Michael's not dead. And Loomis is like, no, no, the rest of his fucking family. This must be why um, uh, Laurie, the uh, Myers aren't in the rest of the movies, because they're dead. They're dead. Ian. They're dead. They've always been dead. It's a convenient way to get out and include them in any potential sequels. Oh, the man gives us exposition or gives Loomis exposition. You moron. Loomis is a esteemed therapist or psychiatrist or therapist or, I don't know, psychotherapist or whatever. I think he knows the bat story. Oh, no, the the graves, they're gone. Someone's dug the bodies up. My God, it's worse than Loomis could have ever imagined. It's so bad, so bad, I have to turn my heating on, I'll be back in a second. That monster Mike, the gravedigger's like, well, we have a long neck of hill out in here, Mr. Loomis. But Loomis knows the truth, Michael Myers dug it up, and he murdered a dog too, and he ate the dog. He ate a dog. He fucking ate a dog, yo. Not hot dog, just a dog. Oh shit, Mike Myers on their, it's on their trail. It's time for a car chase. But they've been smoking weed. How can you? Oh, how can you drive and smoke weed? Oh my god, these two. Oh man, and Mike Myers learned driving in a day. In a day he learned drive. These two are in trouble. This is going out rival with the car chase from Bullet. I know it. Laurie doesn't like. Oh man, she's she's getting she's getting the weed vapors. Oh she's oh she's struggling. Oh, no, no, they found her sheriff father. No, f- dump the weed. Dump the weed, Laurie. And Michael stops. He wants nothing to do with cops. You know, he's got a he's got a build up to that. And they find Annie's father on the sidewalk and a bunch of assholes and just staring at a hardware store. And her dad walks over and alarm blares. What happened? Someone broke into a hardware store and stole some shit. Oh no, I don't think it could have been Michael. I think my star knife. I don't know why they'd have knife in a hardware store, but it's my hunch. No, he probably star shovel. But wait, is the implication that Mike Myers stole a shovel to dig up grave? Because that alarm's been going off for ages and no one's turned it off. And also, he's dug up grave. And Loomis got to the grave. And Loomis came back here. Before Michael. Well, I don't know if that timeline makes sense. And where Loomis finds the sheriff. And having chat. And the sheriff says, I'll, I'll be back in 10 minutes, you crazy old bastard. I know what he did in that sidekick hospital. Oh, shit. And Mike Myers drives past Loomis. And Loomis doesn't see him! Loomis, you asshole, you could stop this there and then. So Annie and Laurie are driving back home. They're really doing a great job setting these storylines up. I feel like Laurie's personal growth storyline and Mike Myers, when they finally meet in main event, oh man, this this is pure hype. This is this is this is how you do a show long storyline. It really a oh, moving along storyline. You know, I really want these two fight, but they don't want to let it happen just yet. Go happen at just the right moment, and getting all these little mini storylines like Annie not wanting her to show Dad the weed, her father investigating random shit. Michael's course, Michael creating distractions. Loomis versus Michael. Michael digging up some bodies and doing stuff with them. Wow, I mean, like this, oh, this is perfection. Although I think Laurie and um, Annie, I think these two, their chemistry is not quite what should be, I have to say. Anyway, Michael's pursuing them in the car. Michael is, of course, a master at driving now. He's learning the day. What is else can learn in the day? He's pursuing them, and they're not realising he's pursuing them, despite Laurie's sent, radar sense or spice fence going off cring- critically earlier. And he follows them home. And he stops just shy. I don't know what it says about Hanfield that Michael blends in so easily to the place. I mean, he's not exactly inconspicuous, spicuous, is he? Laurie goes into the house and Annie keeps driving and Michael drives near her. Oh, shit, Annie, no. Annie are you okay? I don't think she's okay, guys, but we'll check in that later on. And no, Michael isn't driving after. He stopped outside Laurie's house and turned the lights off and out the car he gets. Now I love Michael's gimmick by the way. Jumpsuit and mask. That's it. That's very clever. He blends in for he blends in for these people, but at the same time he really doesn't because he's a six foot six man going fucking or treating. And what's he make me dress as? He's wearing a Sh- William Shatner mask and a jumpsuit. It's a great look. But it doesn't really scream main eventer, does it? I mean, it later would. But he has to work up to that. Because he has to show us. that you know, He's worth it being main event. Because right now, we haven't. Seth, when he's a kid, he hasn't done shit. Have you got? And it's been 15 years. So he ain't done shit in 15 years. Michael! You want to be a top guy, you have to do something. You can't just follow people around all day. I mean, Laurie's the champ. You know, you want to take the title. you got to beat Big Dog. You know what I'm saying? Loomis um, and the cop Bracken go to the Myers residence or old Myers residence. Because they think Mike Myers might be turning out inside. I don't know why you think that, but okay. They're investigating. They climb upstairs slowly. Slowly. No no they don't they decide not to. You got some shit to do downstairs. It's a point and click game. Can't go upstairs Do you go you explore downstairs properly. They find um, I I guess maybe a dog. And Loomis too, and Bracken, Officer Bracken. This is no man. It's no man. This is no moon. It's a death star or slasher icon in this case. They're up the stairs, and Loomis is looming. Loomis likes the loom. I noticed that. I bet you also likes fruit of loom. They walk towards one of the bedrooms, and. I love this shit. I love cop dramas and stuff and it's all boarded up and there's nothing there. No, there's a window. So that means when Laurie's there earlier, Michael was also there. And Billy. Oh wow. So literally first people he saw he bonded to. Oh shit. The glass is smashed. Loomis has a gun. And he has a permit. Wouldn't you be worried, like, the, the doctor with a gun has his permit out at all times? Because if he shoots someone, it's still murder. Like, if you have a permit and you shoot someone, it's still going to be investigated. You won't be arrested for having a gun, but you'll probably be arrested for shooting and killing someone. So Oh, here we get This amazing monolog I'm just going to listen. That's all right. <laughs> Love that monologue. Loomis decides to wait in the Myers house for Michael. And that monologue's great, by the way. It's really, really simple, but really, really effective at the same time. At point out that they're not dealing with something that conventional police can deal with. Loomis doesn't even think he can deal with it. He tried to contain it, but he couldn't. And now the only option is to kill it. Laurie's teaching Billy how to read by reading. I don't know. Billy's the little brat. I mean, he's good acting form, he's a, he's a cool kid. So he, he wants to be read comic books. Oh, read him the episode, read him the issue of Captain Marvel where she's impregnated by her own son. That's a great one. Or, or how about. When the fucking Scarlet Witch marries Vision, robot marrying witch, or or or, or how about one where Ant Man beats his wife? That's a classic one, Laurie. Read the kid that comic. Oh, love that. You guys don't know strange comic book gets. Oh, Ming announcement. At some point next year, I'm going to be doing a comic book podcast. So yeah. there you go. The dog's barking at Michael Anyway. Or maybe my announcement now I'm going to be doing comfort podcast next year. He's sort of like, you know, don't do that shit. Um. So Laurie's on the phone, with Annie, and Annie's turned dog shut the fuck up, and dog's not. And there's a kid and a little kid in the back who Annie's babysitting who's watching horror movies, and dog's losing shit, and Annie's getting really pissed off. Annie, he's listening to that dog. He's wise. Wise beyond his years. Oh, apparently Laurie's going to homecoming dance. See, up paid off from earlier. But who's going to take her? Oh, wow. Some Mr. Tra- no, not Mr. Train, the student named Train, apparently. Laurie said, Annie said to him, Oh, Laurie wants to ban you, finger ban you. And Train was like, Yay. Billy looks out window and he sees, Oh, that's an awesome shot. Michael Myers hanging outside our house lit in darkness, or in shadow, I suppose you can say, just looming there, that's some creepy-ass shit, Billy tries to get Laurie to look at window, but Laurie suddenly for- forgot, got amnesia, remember, doesn't remember anything about Michael Myers, oh no, now she does, she looks, and there's nothing there, that's such a cool shot, this movie's an example of how simple, it's not bad when it comes to horror movies, Laurie's on the phone twirling her hair, And Billy can't see Michael anymore because Michael is looming outside Annie's house. Oh, that's he's looking right inside and she's paying no attention. So she can't see him. So I'm not callus him. She's not looking at Michael, he doesn't he exists and doesn't exist at the same time. Annie drops some shit on her clothes so she takes off her top. And then her top again wearing no bra but she's got a back-to-camera and she's taking off her trousers and she's just in her panties and knee-high socks and she puts a shirt on and, you know you got to recap this movie as succinctly as possible she's not going out tonight she's wearing, now wearing an old shirt and Mike Myers smashes a flower pop because he's not happy No, you know she's just taking off clothes for no reason he's like that's not what I signed up for I'm a serious competitor and now he's looking outside from a different direction No, Mike Myers realises, no, if he wants to face the champ, he has to go through (laughs) these guys first. And there's a dog. There's a dog outside, and and he's shouting at Lindsay. And dog, is the dog first one going to go off Michael? Holy shit. They're giving Michael an easy match to start off with. They really want this guy to be champ. And Mike is, the dog's dead, and it droops, and, oh, shit. No. RKO! Oh, there's a shout-out and a half. Awesome with Six and King. I'm not a huge fan, but I res- respect the um, cinematic importance. I love the name Winchester Pictures, by the way. It's really cool. And Hard Hortz is awesome. He's um, one of John Carpenter's inspirations in Point of Fat. And it's The Thing! Oh, man! That's, I'm, that is one of the future movies I'm going to be doing as a bottle episode, by the way. I fucking love The Finn. And my brother does too, so you know, maybe down the line, you'll be able to get an Austin, and Austin, a bit like Marley Marley, you know, production, but hey, okay, maybe, maybe not, we'll see what happens. It's great fucking moves though, both of them, actually, all three of them, I, I even like the prequel, Um, the recent prequel with, um, shit, Mary, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead, Mary Winstead, Mary, Win- Mary Winstead, yeah. It's really good i mean it's not great it's not as good as the original but it's it's a pretty decent horror movie in some regard cgi is a bit annoying but at this point i'm like it doesn't mean a movie's bad just because that bad cgi like we all grew up watching movies fucking terrible cgi and some of them were pretty good like the original peace dragon is awful cgi but it's really fun to watch and new one's great cgi but it's a slog to get through so And Annie's going looking for the dog. Now, I love that they're doing these mini feuds, like Michael versus Annie, Michael versus the dog. So Annie re-enters, and she's trying to do some washing. Why would you have the washing machine so far from the house? I mean, for noise sake, granted. But, I mean, like that, I'm going to fucking dry machine. I'm going to have to do washing later on. I mean, I've got no dryer. I'm going to have to dry it manually. Fucking disgusting. And Michael's looming outside. Holy oh, shit! He's he's gone up from squash matches. No, he wants he's got got to go through the lower mid card to get to Laurie, and he's not there. And he's calling out for him, but Mike's not there. Michael's hiding. Oh, maybe Annie'll get a count out victory. She's putting clothes in dryer. Michael, he's Michael's only got a short time to get back in ring. Then this match is over. And he's setting things up. Door slams. Michael's coming. He's broken count technically, but he's hit going outside again. He's reusing the decision to his advantage. And he's locked the door. And he's trapped in the in a room with Michael. It's very clever, Michael. You know he's got a he can't allow any escape routes. Yes, should not be watching a thing by the way. Even this original early version is still really messed up and really terrifying in places. So Lindsay doesn't answer the phone. She wants to watch a horror movie. She looks traumatised. And Michael's inside the room with Annie. Oh, he's creeping up on her. He's reusing psychological mind games to his advantage. And now he's gone again. She can't see him. Michael is very much in that Bray Wyatt untaker mind games sort of mindset. And Annie's going to break the door, try to open another door to get outside, but she can't. It's shitting way. And she's trying to crawl out. She's trying to get window R. Oh. The phone's ringing. Lindsay answers. Oh, Paul's on the phone and Lindsay has to cover for her. Okay. And Paul says, like, no, no, get me, Annie. And Lindsay's like, oh, I want to watch the film. So, so Lindsay calls out Paul's on the phone and runs up to the laundry room and opens the door. Which Annie, which she doesn't make mention why Annie locked it from the outside, while well inside. And Lindsay is um, stuck trying to get out window with uh, we getting our shot. And Lindsay pulls it back inside. So Michael locked her in then. He wasn't in there with her. But then I saw him inside the room. He's he's really good at mind games, is Michael. But if he wants to be a top guy, he's gonna have to move past that. He's gonna have to show that he can go toe toe with the big dogs, or even little dogs in this case. And Lindsay's go and Annie are going back to the house. Michael is um taking his sweet time, you know. He I I don't think Michael's in proper ring shape because I think if he was he would just go straight for at least two murder, murder Ang at least but he doesn't want to he's sort of he needs to get his groove back or keep his stamina up oh shit he's outside now again Mike Myers technically still in the match and he's speak again Michael you piece of shit what, what's he doing Michael, you're six foot eight. This woman's five foot six. You have over 150 pounds at least advantage on this woman. And you're going in your wrong way, you chicken shit. I thought I was going to do a really serious recap of this. I'm not. I love Smoothie, by the way. But I'm just, the jokes just come. And now they're watching Finn again. I love that movie. It's so I love all versions of the movie. I really love the... um. Carpenter won best, but it's the original's really good in different way. It's um, a bit campy. I mean, by standards of time, it's not. But by today's standards, it's a bit campy. But it's a good movie. And it's very ominous. And something you would watch at Halloween, or in this case, a few days prior, Oh, by the way, I'm not doing enough Bottle episodes for Halloween. Look, I would struggle to get next Friday's episode out, let alone, you know, another episode on top of that. And Mars is looming by car. Oh, shit. No, I think technically, technically, he forfeits this match. I think te- he won his squash match, but I think he lost to Annie by count out because he's been out of the ring for a long fucking time. So now Annie's... We get a segment with Annie, Billy, Lindsay and Laurie. My Mars is a bit of a chicken shit. See Flatter, he's got a master plan. He's in he's in that master manipulator frame of mine. So we get Annie and Laurie in the kitchen eating grapes and shit and drying their hands. And Having a really, really banal conversation. I think it's intentional, but it's still still quite amusing. And Laurie's not happy. She's like, "Wait a minute! I ain't going out, Mister Trainer, or Student Trainer, or Trainer Boy." And Annie's like, "Yeah, you are." And that's the end of that conversation. And now Annie's going outside again because she just won't babysit anymore. So because she wants to get some of that pulling. So she dumps Lindsay off on Lori, and now Lindsay and Billy can watch thing. And Annie's gone back. Like you won my count out. Why would you get back in the Ring and dare Michael to come back? I said this is not a, this is a non-sanctioned match between Michael and Annie right now. Michael lost. This like post-show shit. And Michael might get his heat back at this point, but I. He's still playing mind games, so Annie goes walking back. She can't get in the car. And she goes walking and skipping and just chilling out, basically, walking around back of the house. I think she's playing too much to Michael now. She had match one. Why'd she go back? And Why'd she leave all the lights on? Oh, because she was always going to go back and nail Paul or get nailed by J- Michael. So uh, hitting this he- romance thing with Annie and Paul up hard, you know, they really got to say that storyline. I'm not sure why, because it feels like payoff to thats that is that they're both going to be murdered by Michael. Anyway, she gets into the car and she's going to go driving and she looks because she can sense that someone's in the car because there's condensation everywhere. And it's very strange. Yes, Michael. Oh, shit, post-match angle. He's got a bone throat. Michael's squeezing Oh Annie, come on, Annie. Okay, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? No, she's not. Michael's got the grip on, and it's gone mad now. The choke, the choke has gone mad Oh man, the te- Oh poor Annie. Oh, that's that's not what you like to see. Post match assault. Michael being booed by everyone. Oh man, it's terrible, and she's dead. He's murdered Annie. And her face lands on beeper horn. And you have to give it... I mean, not that you have to give it Michael, but he's taking out one of his key competitors. He wants that title. He wants the title. And knows he has to go for and he get it. Fruit Laurie you get it, even. So he's taking out one of the best friends of Laurie's from the Haddonfield Elite. There's only two left now. There's Betty Sue and there's um, Laurie. And the little kids are still watching Finn. I really want to watch Finn now. And Billy, oh, Billy's looking at Lindsay. Oh, man, I think he's, he's got the idea. now. if he scares her, oh, he, he might fall in love and get married eventually. So Billy hides. And he calls out for Lindsay. And she's looking around scared. She doesn't know Billy's gone. And she turns. And Billy sees something out the window. He sees Michael carrying Annie. Why is he carrying her? That's pretty fucked up. And he's to go back in the house with Annie. That's really messed up. They're going to play misunderstanding that that's Paul carrying her Annie into the house. Oh, and Lindsay scares Billy, and they both freak out. And Billy's, speak English, you little brat. Don't scream incoherently. And Laurie's turned Billy to chill out. Billy is convinced that Boogeyman boogeyman's real. And Laurie's like, there's no boogeyman. I'm like, Laurie, that's Michael's nickname. He's got a nickname now. He's a top. He's going to be a top guy after that. And Laurie's sick of these kids. She's just completely as and so am I. You know, you little brats, grow up. Don't. You shouldn't be watching Finn. You should, because it's amazing. You should, because you can't handle it. And we're outside, we're outside our house and we get a tracking shot. And Loomis is there. Loomis is weird because he really is scaring these kids off from going to Myers' house. He really doesn't want this Laurie Michael match to happen. And on some ways I'm like, Loomis, you're right. But on other ways, actually, he's scaring kids off. He's not doing anything They walk up to the house. Does he want to use them as bait or no he calls out to get them to leave? <laughs> Cause he doesn't want to give himself away. It's creepy. Two kids get their asses away from there and then smiles. Oh shit, handle shoulder's Bracken. No, this Tad team, I think this Tad team can take Michael down. And they have a chat about Bracken hasn't really found much, hasn't really done anything. And Loomis is like you are get rested, cops on it, and Bracken's like, "No <laughs> loomis i um, trying to convince Bracken that when Michael was in the institution, he stared at war f day fifteen years. Not seeing a wall, looking past the wall, seeing this night. So, can Michael see the future? Why this night in particular? Well, he needed to be old enough, but, but why? Why this precise night? Which Loomis can't explain to me or Bracken. Because there's no logic as to why this precise night, despite the fact that this is on movie set, is the night that Michael escapes, which might be pointing. He doesn't operate on logic, but at the same time, he clearly does. Michael has an internal logic of his own. So, you do have to stop and think, Loomis, are you fucking crazy? Which, the answer is yes. Loomis is batshit insane. Oh, and Paul, oh, and, um, Jim, Jim and Betty Sue are hanging out. Oh, and they're drinking beers. They're drinking Budweiser's. And he's got those hipster douchebag glasses and the mullet on. What a douchebag. Sorry, oh, they're drinking Budweiser. People give Budweiser shit because it tastes like piss. That's that's what I've got. I like Budweiser, but... Budweiser, I think... When people say it's a gateway beer, I agree. But it's like, I had the gateway beer, and i had a fair bit of beer since of different kinds. I like how generic it is. I like fruity hoppy beers a lot, but at the same time, like, sometimes it's nice to have something that tastes decent. I mean, I love um, Copperberg, they're really good. Anyway, I bet you soon Jim the Annie's house, and making out. I'm going to get some pale unenthusiastic teen sets in a second. a uh, horror movie trope that Michael's going to watch and probably jerk off in the background oh there is Michael not jerking off but he is watching so I've got how annoying these kids were which is on purpose. The kids are annoying. But. It is. Laurie looks outside. And sees no one at my residence. They're really patient in setting up this Michael Laurie thing. It's long form booking. I like it. These kids should go back. Watch the thing. And shut up. They're really, really annoying this one. Laurie sits down for the sofa. How long does this. How long's the film by the way? Because this it seems like it's taken more time than they've shown in terms of film length. Betty Sue phones Laurie. Cause apparently, she's finished with Jim Bob already. And they're wondering where Annie is. And neither one from knows. <laughs> uh, she's probably stopped off someplace. That, that's great, Laurie. I'm sure that's what it is. Jim Bob looks like an asshole, by the way. <laughs> he always can tell you when watching a movie that someone wearing glasses doesn't actually wear glasses because they wear them like an arsehole. Oh, and Betty Sue and Jim Bob are going upstairs. It's an American thing where you have sets in your friends' houses in like either the parents' bed or your friends' bed and just, like, just whatever. That strikes me as weird. They do realize that their friend or their friend's parents have sleeping in that bed, right? They don't need your slime all over it. Jesus, on um, pumpkin background, and Jim Bob and Betty are having really pale, unenthusiastic sets, and Paul and. No, not Paul. Jim very very angry because phone keeps ringing. He can't get he can't get off his phone rings. Think mean, you could, mate? You're just being lazy shit. Phone stopped ringing, and then he'd take off hook and he'd like go back to having the really shit sets. That's so unconvincing. And Michael appears oh shit, it's a handicap match. Jim Bob and Betty Sue versus Michael. Yeah, really, really try and put over Michael's monster. But when he's already lost by count because he's too stupid to get back in the fucking ring. I don't know why we buy him as a threat. They're really gonna have to do something in the scene so I didn't Michael is a threat to anyone. Betty Sue's smoking cigarettes, so she signed her death warrant. Warrant, Bot's put on his glasses again like an arsehole, and he's smoking cigarettes, so he signed his death warrant. Inconsiderate fuckers, you've just fucked in Annie's bed, and now he's smoking cigarettes in her bed, and you get, oh, just so, so assholes. arseholes. Like, she has to sleep in there, it's going to stink of cigarette smoking, it's got all your fucking discharges everywhere. Pair of arseholes. Seriously, I have no sympathy for either of these two. Well, I mean, I don't want them to die, but, like, at the same time, it's a horror movie. You know what you've done. Jim Bob is going for a piss. And he's just... Oh, he's put a shirt on, at least. So, you know, he's not... Oh, no, he's not going for piss. He's going to fill up. Get some drinks. And just chilling, just walking. Michael going to pick him up. Pits him off two, right, two and one. One and one style. I guess this is an elimination handicap match. Michael using darkness to his advantage. Or not even using darkness to his advantage. Just asshole should put one for the fucking lights on. That he doesn't. That's his own fault. you know. He finds a door open outside. And he immediately just shrugs it off. Thinks it's Paul. Or maybe Annie. Doesn't even lock the door. But he just shouts out. You're an asshole outside the front door, but he doesn't lock the back door. Oh, Michael gets drop on him. Oh, shit. Oh, Michael's leveled up. Oh, he's got that, the choke has got magma. Oh, man, he's squeezing, squeezing. And pull, oh, he lifts pull-up in the air. Oh, that's sure strength. Michael, you you are, oh, he's got a knife. Mike, no, foreign object, foreign object, DQ. Ref doesn't see it. Oh, man, he slams it into Jim Bob's chest. And Jim Bob is nailed to the wall. Oh, Michael, with that finishing move. Ref didn't see the foreign object, but he saw a result. Michael was just pinned. Pinned Jim Bob to the wall. That's victory number two for Michael. He's two for one at the moment. He he murdered the dog. He lost my count out, but now he's one. So he's two victory, two clean victories. Oh door opens and there's someone is standing doorway wearing white wearing a white sheet and glasses. It can only be Michael. He's really going for the mind games here. He's luring Betty Sue over to him. Michael Reed really doesn't have to do the work here. This is really clever, Michael. But also at the same time, what chicken shit. You just beat Jim Bob Clean and you can't fight Betty Sue on evil playing field. You gotta trick her in thinking it's Jim Bob, I don't really think this says Michael is the threat it's meant to. A clever, clever man, but why would someone as tall as he is need to do these mind games? Bay Sue is pissed off because she wants a beer and she's not going to get one. Michael's really, really going full blown here. He's, I mean, it's this painting's been very clever. So, oh shit, here comes Michael. She's about to pick up the phone and call for a, a different booking. She phones Laurie as Michael's approaching her. Michael approaches. Oh, God, he's got, oh, he's choking off the phone. DQ ref, DQ. He's got, oh, he's choking oh man oh and and laurie thinks it's betty sue making sex noises for a second until it stops being that and oh man michael it's got submission victory oh man michael this this is underhanded as fuck michael but you did technically win Although the referee come on referee Michael. Oh, Michael's got the phone and he's. Oh, man, he's breathing. That's his equivalent for promo. He's letting Laurie know he's gone through the two members of the Haddonfield elite. And now he's coming for her. And he was turned light on and off for some reason. I don't know if I rate Laurie's chances now. Michael is underhanded and doesn't seem to be using size a strength advantage very much but he's won two matches and he's won three matches now two in a row so he's three and one because that was a handcuff elimination match and laurie better work on her game because michael is clever he's tripsy and he's strong if he uses his cleverness or his strength or both at the same time i don't think laurie has a chance michael might be a chicken shit, but he's He's a clever boy. He's a shy boy, but he's a clever boy. But maybe if Bracken and Loomis get involved, then it might be a different story. Michael can't take on three people at the same time. He's been picking off opponents one by one so far. And Loomis is still outside Michael's house. He's not there, Loomis. Get with the plot, mate. Come on. Oh, shit. He finds he finds the car across the street that Michael was driving. Michael was very careless. Loomis run down the street, giving first credence to the fact that he did not need a fucking handicap badge or to park in a handicap parking spot. Loomis, you asshole! Oh, he finds it for official use only in Illinois state hospital. Sign on car and realizes Michael did not use this in an official capacity. Therefore, he's in breach of his protocol. Loomis running for something, and Laurie goes back in the house and shes well, no, she's already in the house. She's upstairs and she's walking downstairs now. You know, you have one, who's going to win. Laurie and Michael. Laurie's had no fights so far. Michael's had four and he's won three, but they've all been. Except for the Jim Bob, I guess. They've all been unhanded. He got, Dog did not realise it's an official Santa match. Jim Bob managed to get a few blows in, but then got Nate pinned. And Betty Sue, he used mind games to get her. Laurie's outside wondering what's going on at Annie's house. Also, it's kind of annoying because Laurie doesn't know she's about being main vent. You know, she's been tricked into this. He's been manipulated. It's not good booking. <laughs> I love wrestling. And I love horror movies, so why not combine them, eh? Oh. I apologize if town quality is off on this by the way. Um with Anchor, I can put up the Anchor Podcast thing. I used to put my podcast up and then send some F words. I can do an hour at a time. I can't do more than that, so I have to record using a different program, then upload to Anchor. So if it sounds um, off in any way, I apologise, but, you know, uh, we'll see. If it doesn't work entirely, let me know um, at Fry, Fry Night Shudder, I think, at Twitter. You sure go there, by the way. It's an amazing Twitter account. I posted there a fair bit. Yeah, so it's um, at Fri Night Shudder on Twitter. It's the official Twitter account for this podcast. And Laurie's gone up to Annie's house and she's running the door there. And she's thinking, Annie, are you OK? Are you OK? Are you OK, Annie? I don't think Annie's been struck by a smooth criminal. Like, although Michael, is quite, his movements are quite smooth and he's very... Okay, and that pump, flaming pumpkin, I love that design. Pumpkin's an American thing, I think. I never really took off over here as far as I know. Laurie's scoping out place. <laughs> She's going investigating, y'all. How much of this movie have I watched? At this. Point? Fair bit, like sixty, eight minutes, I guess. Hope you're enjoying this. I oh, am. Yeah. It's great. It's a great way to spend a Sunday. And got my jobs to do after this, you know. Life doesn't stop; it just gets more, and more fun, doesn't it? So Laurie's in Annie's house, and she's looking around. Oh shit! I guess this main event is going to be starting in Annie's house. It's, you know, I think this might be. I think this might literally be a House of Horrors match, or a Fool's Coming hangway match, because I don't think it's going to end in Annie's house. So the advantage would go to Michael in that regard because you know, even Norm matches, he's very good at cheating, but now he can literally use engines as a weapon. But at the same time, so can Laurie. In a normal fight, I don't think she beats Michael in his mind games, but she's literally got the home field advantage because she knows this ring and this environment better than anyone. And at the same time, she knows this town. Michael hasn't been here in 15 years. That's a long time not to live somewhere, and it does change. But then again at the same time Michael has been preparing for this match or the equivalent thereof for fifteen years. So he does have a lot of ideas I'm sure as to how to deal with these teenagers. We've seen some of them in the earlier matches. With the dog, we broke its neck in the net, I guess. With um Jim Bob where he's pinned Jim Bob to the wall literally. And with Betty Sue where he used mind games in a very, very strange attempt at self-diffuse with the ghost costume. And now he's he's luring Laurie into his trap. Laurie can't do this. She needs to figure out her own trap to lure Michael into. You no, know, if you are the hunted, the hunter has the advantage unless you turn the situation around. She's going, Laurie's gone upstairs anyway, walking towards the room and I think we all know what's going to happen here. She's going to find one or both of bodies. And on one hand, you can go, that's very predictable. But on the other hand, it's great because this really amps up the tension because you know what Laurie's going to find, but she has no idea. It's that thing where your audience being that head of characters isn't a bad thing in theory because it makes your audience feel smart, but also boots up the terror of this character we like doesn't know what we know. And it's going to mess with her head when she finds out. And that's fucking great. Michael has put Tombstone's Judith Myers on the bed next to Annie's dead body. That is real mind games. That's messed up. And Laurie starts to realise what she's in for. She's dealing for Master Nip later. And that pumpkin's there too. And my, oh, there's Jim Bob. He's hanging from ceiling rocking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and there's betty sue she's been stuffed in the closet oh man michael really does have the advantage here and laurie's freaking fuck out she has to leave laurie you have to take count out victory you can't beat michael and the darkness after darkness comes michael oh that's an amazing shot and he's, he's messing for, he's creeping up behind her. And, ah oh, he stabs her arm. And she falls downstairs. Holy shit. You How do you learn fall downstairs? Laurie is taking a sick bump there. And she's hurt. And Michael is going in for the kid He does want to drag this out. And Laurie, oh, she's up. And she's trying to get outside, but the door shut. And Michael's slowly coming after her. Michael, we've got to pick up and pace, mate. Laurie is running. She runs into the other room. Michael is still giving chase. Laurie runs in the kitchen and tries locking the door. And she's looking for a weapon. Anything fine. No, she's trying to get outside. She's trying to open doors, but they won't open. Because Michael's back is shut with a bunch of furniture shit. Trident and shit. Or pitchfork. Laurie can't get outside. She's freaking out. She wants a count-out victory, but there's no count-outs in this And also, she can't leave anyway. Laurie trying in vain. Michael trying to open the door. And Michael's inside. Oh shit! Laurie's trapped. She's trapped in for the monster, the shape. And Laurie smashes the glass. And she opens. And she pulls in the pitchfork. No, she opens the door. Laurie's running. She might. Be, she can't be counting out because this fool's count anywhere. But she's run for her life, regaining her bearings. Laurie's running and screaming, begging for assistance. But who's going to assist her? No one wants mess Michael. They've seen the trap record. He's three and one. michael's three and one so he's not going for this because that the murder of annie took place in an off in and out of ring segment you know that doesn't count as a victory but Haddonfield not gone and michael's confident he can take out laurie in his own time so he's gonna not gonna t- rush this he wants to properly laurie's got a really sore ankle and her arm is cut but she's reaching for her keys and she can't find them. Oh, she's got bang on the door. And Michael's coming very slowly. Laurie's only option is if Billy and Lindsay let her in the house. But she told them not letting one in. So it's could backfire on her. Michael's still walking. He's the shape. And Laurie throws a potted plant at, at the window. And Michael's still advancing. And Billy's there. And Laurie's telling him let him in the house, and B's like, what, what? And Laurie's saying, please let me in, Michael. I'm literally going to die. I don't know what it says about Laurie and that she's involving kids in this, but it's fair enough. And Billy casually lets Laurie in house, and she shuts the door solidly behind her, and she's freaking out now because there's a murder on loose, and, also, and he wants a heavyweight title. And phone... Oh, she is on phone's heavy breathing because it's Michael. He's the phone lines. And windows open. And it might be Michael. And Laurie's really freaking out. She's going near catatonic. And she's got a sewing needle. Oh, Laurie, she's using that full coming in with it. Michael's there. Holy shit, he stabbed. He misses. She stabbed him in the neck with sewing needle. Oh, Michael's hurt. Michael's hurt. He did not expect that, and he falls down. And Laurie, that was great thinking. Great information by Laurie there. She really stabbed that sewing needle in. And Michael, he might be down, but Laurie, you have to get pinned. If you don't ping him, and an iconic shot of Laurie with a knife, that is what they book it for. Michael's down now. Is he dead? Laurie, even ping him or make him submit. You can't just assume that he's down now. The match only ends by pinfall for submission. Laurie, him lying on mat. This is not last man standing. It should be, but it's not. Laurie drops a knife, realizing that she's used a weapon. She's become everything she hates. She's become the heel. Loomis outside. She's trying to figure out what's going on. He's given bad directions earlier. Loomis, he needs that victory over Michael. He needs to redeem himself. And here comes Bracken. Bracken's the law here, and he doesn't want these matches to take place. They're not they're not san, they're not properly sanctioned. Loomis explained Bracken that Michael doesn't give shit if they're sanctioned or not. He still wants to have these matches, and Bracken will not have a non-sanctioned heavyweight title match on his grounds, not by any stretch. You know you have to sign contracts for that shit. Loomis just walking he, he really needs to get in the ring Laurie going upstairs she's hurt she's in bad shape but she's managed to take Michael out but she still hasn't scored victory so this match is not over she's begging for Oh, the kid's name's Tommy, not Billy. Fuck it. She's begging Tommy and Lindsay, get out of here. Run for your lies. Michael's insane. He won't stop until the match is over. And Tommy's trying to explain, Laurie, you have to pin Michael. And she's like, no, I can't. Oh, shit. Michael's coming upstairs. Oh, shit. The boogeyman. Run, kids, run. Laurie and kids running to the bedroom. No, no. Laurie locks them in bedroom. And she's rung for her life. Oh, she's going out on balcony. Laurie, you took one bumble raid tonight. You can't take enough. Oh, she's gone. She's tricking Michael. She's some of those mind games. She's opened balcony doors and she shut the closet doors. So Michael will think she's outside. Will Michael fall for it? He's been quite clever so far. This is the ultimate test of Michael's mind games. Will Michael fall for it? No, he doesn't. No, Michael. Oh, he's a clever boy, that Michael. He knows, he knows exactly what he's doing that situation, and that Laurie's tapped into his mindset. So Michael's trying to break down the closet door. Oh, he's breaking it down. He's breaking it. Oh, he's trying to break it. Laurie, make a weapon. Laurie, you have to make a weapon. Michael's not going to give up. As long as this match is on, as long as this match is on, he's going to keep going. Laurie, make a weapon. Laurie, you have to improvise. Michael is not going to go away. And Laurie's freaking out some. Michael's gone for the light. He's turned the light on. And Laurie sees a bunch of wire coat hangers and shit. And one falls down. Oh, Laurie. Oh, she's so smart. She's going to make an improvised weapon. She's going to turn into some sort of blade. And Michael's coming. Michael's going for her. Michael's lunging. So the lights flicker off. And Laurie stabs him in the eye. Holy shit. Michael is. Bleeding everywhere, bust wide open, and Laurie's got a knife. And Michael freaking out. And Laurie stabs! She stabs him right in gut. Holy shit, foreign object. How could Michael get up off that? Well, you would ask that question, but Michael shrugged off a pin stone needle to neck earlier. So I don't think that's gonna keep Michael down. But it has put Michael at bay at last. It's given Laurie some time to think. She's got foreign object. A knife, and Michael is falling over outside her room. But Laurie, again, you don't win until you pin him. He's not finished yet. Laurie, will you get the one, two, three, and win the match? Laurie, and Laurie's just walking around him again. She, I don't think anyone explained rules of this contest to Laurie. You can't win unless you pin him. It's not last man standing match, Laurie. If it was, you would have won three, four times over, considering you've got plenty of ten counts. Laurie asks Billy and Lindsay, Tommy and don't open doors in ancient system, get the fuck out. <laughs> you would at this point, wouldn't you? Like, how are these kids not getting this? When Laurie's fighting in heavyweight title match, she doesn't need two kids at ringside that are messing things up by being distraction. You know? Get out of the ring. Fuck off. (laughs) And Laurie sat down again. Laurie. Oh my God. Do you not realize. This is not a mere man. This is the greatest threat to your heavyweight title you've ever faced. Michael sits up and looks at Laurie like. "Why, Why don't you ping me? The kids run outside and find Loomis. And they're freaking out. And they're running to a neighbor. And Loomis knows. He knows the monsters in the house. But what can Loomis do against Michael? Laurie stands up and Michael stands up behind her. Laurie at this point has to know that Michael is the toughest person that she's ever faced. The only person she's ever faced. Michael creeps up behind her. Oh, Laurie moves that way. Michael's slowly creeping some of mine goes, oh he's grabbed her! The chokehold! Oh, he's trying to make it go mad. but Laurie's fighting him off. She's hitting him with thing she's got. Loomis is there! Loomis! She pulls the mask off! Michael freaks out! No, you would see his face! Loomis with the gun! Loomis! BAN! Michael! Oh, right in the gut! Michael's being hit hard. Michael but Michael's still standing, put mask on! Another shot! Another! Another! three, four, five, Michael goes over the balcony, boom, he hits the mat, you know what, I think the match has to be called off there, Michael just fell over the balcony, I've been shot five times, he's been stabbed in the neck, stabbed in gut, shot five times in for balcony, I think we have to call this one folks, I think we need an ambulance for Mike Myers, Laurie asks what the fuck is going on, Loomis tells us it's over. I think it is too, because you're going to call fucking ambulance to carry Michael out. Jesus Christ. Loomis goes to see if Michael's still there. He looks over. Holy shit. Michael's gone. Oh, my God. But I think this is over, folks. I think this match has officially ended in a no contest. Laurie clearly hasn't run. She's freaking out because she threw everything she had at Michael and nothing stuck. She's crying. Loomis is freaked the fuck out because he's just seen what Michael is capable of. That Michael can take a sewing needle to neck and knife to gut five shots and four off a balcony and survive. And not only survive, he can flee. This is a bad, folks. I think this... This demands a rematch. But I think we're going to have to wait a year for that. Wow. Um, I, I'm speechless, folks. This was definitely a hell of a contest. Hell of a show. And really just brutal, brutal main event. My God. Michael, The amount of punishment Michael can take is stunning. And that's it. That's. IOPD is Halloween's main show thanks for watching and I will see you guys in the kickoff show very very soon hey guys hope you enjoyed the episode um, a repeat episode another repeat uh, Friday night Thursday night repeats here uh, regarding IOPD is Halloween free, um yep Hopefully it'll be out for Saturday. Maybe not, I don't know. Um, I would do my best. If not, it'll be out early next week. So at least you've got this compilation episode to keep you going. Um, well, until next time, this is an Austin signing off saying, remember, life is beautiful and so are you.